You are now entering Nowhere, California. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast sites like iTunes by searching Nowhere, California. A reminder, Nowhere, California podcast is our old feed, so please subscribe to Nowhere, California, our new feed. Also, you can get your Nowhere, California fix online by going to our official website, NowhereCalifornia.com and emailing us at nowhere underscore california at yahoo.com ideas from everywhere voices from nowhere since 2011. hey this is carlos alizraki at stanley comic-con 2017 you're listening to nowhere california or nowhere california and i'm the voice of rocco mr crocker Tizzle crocker look forward to seeing you guys soon and hearing us on here on nowhere california bye Josh. And this is Nick, and welcome to Nowhere California's 2017 wrap-up. Welcome to 2018. What's happening? Yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot <laughs> of stuff's going on. So well, this is our end-of-the-year, beginning-of-the-year wrap-up. Well, for us, yeah, we're going to be talking about some of our top five pop culture moments of last year. Right. And our top five movies of last year. We yes. have to do it at the beginning of the new year because we got to make sure we see everything we can. True, and for us, we're we're a little lackadaisical when it comes to uh, getting out there and seeing out movies. Yeah, seeing movies and, and and getting back to you on like, hey, remember that fucking movie with the chick in it that was really hot, the superhero one, Wonder Woman? Yeah, yeah I saw that just about a month ago. Yeah. So whoops. Well, but yeah. yeah, so that's nowhere California's timely wrap up of 2017, brought to you early in 2018. Yeah, and to unfortunately, start out this year. I, there's no real way to jump into this okay. topic. Um, I'm just going to go at it like this. Um, I've talked about it before with my friend Tom that passed away in 2001, mm-hmm. that he was always the one person I'm always re- going to regret not being able to get on Nowhere, California. Okay. Unfortunately, I have to add another name to the list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this past week, unfortunately, I learned the news of the passing of Michael Egan. Egan, Mr. Egan, I'll be going through all the names. He was my high school journalism teacher, and I put it this way online, I'll say it here. Like, um, you see those movies with, like, the teacher that changes the, everybody's life and molds you into that person that you become. Oh, yeah, like, Dead Poets Society. Yeah, and, and you're like, eh, it's only in fucking movies. Finding Forrester. Yeah, and that shit's only in movies and everything. This dude was the personification of yeah. that archetype. Um, Egan was the teacher I had at probably the best possible time in my life because it was like the that crossroads of your life. Yeah, it's where you're discovering yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, some people, uh, you know, some people struggle throughout junior high, high school and trying to kind of figure out who they are. Most people don't yeah. really know who they are, but you're starting to get an idea of, of the person that you want to be and the person that you, you know... Um, you know the, the person you want to become and things like that. You you may not have the uh, the right tools to get you there just yet, and that's where some of these people come along in our lives. And I am internally in debt to Egan because I I don't know if I told you this before, hmm. but I'm going to go ahead and tell that this story again. When I was leaving middle school, we did our usual like, okay, what classes you want to take and stuff. I signed up for art my freshman year. So did I. <laughs> yeah. Flunked miserably. I did too because I hated our fucking art teacher. I had a she cool was teacher. She was a whore. But I, I, I learned I have no artistic talent when it comes to drawing and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I don't either. I was like, I'll do some doodles and it'll be awesome. But also too, my freshman year, they put me in beginning journalism. 
I now see that would have been I should have done that. I never signed up for that class. Right. And the teacher of that class was Egan. Nice. And within the first ten minutes of that class, I'm like, I'm in. This guy is this guy's gonna be the teacher I'm gonna see, like. See you lucked out, man. My freshman uh I, I think it was no. Freshman sophomore year of, of high school, I got a teacher named Bonner who made it a point to tell us his name wasn't Boner. You're just you're yeah. lining up the ammo there. I know. I'm like, why did you go into <laughs> teaching, son? Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean he, he could have touched my life and I'd never cop to it because yeah. his name's Boner. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. But um from that point on, uh I stuck with journalism. Um he taught me everything. He taught me about questioning stuff. How to attack a story, attack life, how to just go at life and everything, how to look at politics and everything. He's the main reason I'm a member of the Green Party. Okay, yeah. all right. And it was funny, I, if I remember correctly, I really hope I'm wrong on this. Last time I talked to him mm-hmm. was on the phone, and it was during uh, an election period. Okay. And there was a school board member that the teacher union kind of wanted the hell out. <laughs> Okay, okay. So they were making calls and everything. Sure. I get this call. Didn't really recognize the voice at first. And the voice was like, you have you listed here as a Green Party member. You know you're on a terrorist watch list now, right? <laughs> and I'm like, huh? <laughs> and he went on for a little bit more. Right. And then he revealed, hey, it's Egan. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And that was his sense of humor, too. So let me ask you just really yeah. quick. Was the... Is the, you know, I hope not, was the last time you spoke on the phone was where that it was on the phone? Yeah, that was on the phone in person. You know what, that's, it's, it's okay, because, you know, I... But at least it was a fun conversation. Exactly. Though. You know, you, you had, uh, you have a fond memory of the final, you know, conversation yeah. with him. Yeah, and also, too, after I even graduated from high school, I was at Sultana a bunch of times, because sure. I wanted to hang out with Egan. And sure. he was cool with it. I was cool with it, too. So, um, there was multiple times, even before I went on my mission to, for church air quotes on an audio podcast yeah i attempted a mission for my so church. you have to clarify there because if you say mission and you're like a radical muslim mormon okay okay <laughs> you know that's an entirely different story a radicalized mormon drinks coke <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's maybe my favorite thing i've heard all day yeah that's pretty good but um <laughs> i pop in there every so often and talk to him and everything. And then I think the last time I saw him in person was before I left for my six-day trip to Utah. All right. And return. The motherland. Yeah. Yeah, it was just strange. And then, then honestly, past couple of days, I learned about I learned about his passing on Friday. And ever since then, I was just playing stuff in my mind over right. and over, just like different things. And just realizing more and more, like, holy fuck, this dude impacted my life. And a lot of people. And a lot of people. Uh, because I, right after you said something, we noticed on the Victor Valley News Group that it was all over the place. Yeah. Well, um, that he passed, but there hasn't been really any information about what happened yet. Well, we know it was a car accident. Yeah. We know he, it was injury sustained from a car yeah. accident. Yeah, and um, I, the best way I'm going to sum it up until I, we find out information, but even with the information, I'm going to paraphrase uh, Glee. Okay. After... Um, that one actor, passed Corey Monteith. Corey Monteith yeah. passed, and it was uh, Chris Coffer that said this, and I'm going to probably butcher it. It doesn't matter the details of how it happened. The sad and unfortunate truth of the matter is he's gone. Yeah, yeah, and that's absolutely true. Yeah, that's but you know that. But back to what we were talking about too. 
within like a day or two of like the news really spreading. Yeah. I started getting hit with messages from people since they knew I'm still out here in the high desert. Right. I was, and I was really close with Egan. So they were wondering if I knew any information or anything. Unfortunately yeah. not. But, um, I got the ball rolling on certain things too, where like I contacted the principal of Sultana and told him like, Hey, there's, uh, some former students that would love to be able to send a message out to his wife, Miss Egan, who is another teacher at the school too. Oh, Same okay. school. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, just, yeah, go ahead and just tell him to send it to the school. Uh, yeah, care of. In, in her name, care of Sultana High School. I'm like, sure. on it and everything. And just kind of got the ball rolling there. It's kind of the same thing, way I react to a lot of this. It's just like, I'm just going to keep myself busy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's, a lot of people do that. You yeah. Know? You, you want to, you know, because if, if you keep yourself occupied, then you don't have to sit and face yourself. Yeah, because, and, crap, it yeah, was... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll honestly admit I was crushed when I heard the yeah. news. It hit me like a ton of bricks. And like like I was saying, though, within the past couple of days, I've been just piecing everything together. And I don't see a part of my life where I'm not going to have his teachings in my mind. See, but that's a, that's a wonderful thing to take with you. Yeah. I mean, as difficult as it is that he is, is gone now, yeah. you have an amazing gift yeah. that you've been... You know, that's been bestowed upon you. Right. And, you know, you you have that, uh, you know, you have his knowledge and his outlook and things imparted upon you. And it's stuff that you take with you every day of your life. And that, that is truly the best way to honor someone's memory is by, you know, taking a portion of, of what they've taught you, uh, you know, whether you use it in your everyday life or not, but, you know, finding a way to utilize it somewhere in some aspect of your life. Exactly. And the, the <clears throat> best way to kind of sum it up, like I told a couple people this, I'm lucky enough to know that he's made me the better person out of this because I continue to try to be that type of person he would want me to be. Right. And I still strive to improve myself and everything. And I'm so lucky that I never knew the type of person I would have became without him in my life right here's something else you need to to put into perspective with this as well um understand that by taking him as seriously as you did and by utilizing the things that he's taught you you fulfill his mission as a teacher and that's one of the i mean that is that's truly i mean first of all you you uh you helped achieve what he set out to do as a teacher which I mean, when when people go into teaching, hopefully, and this is this is what I you know kind of think. I mean, sure they probably like the vacation times and stuff yeah. like that, but um, you know they they set out to impart wisdom and to impart knowledge onto students and hopefully touch people's lives. And if you know, I, I've heard this more than one time from from teachers and from nurses and from firemen and policemen and different things like that. If I could help one person or if I could touch one life, then I feel like I've done my job. And it sounds like he touched way more lives than just yours, oh, yeah. but it's a, it's a true testament to the kind of person that he, he is and that he was and, and the, the memory of him that he imparted so much on your life and that he was able to teach you and he was your teacher. Yeah. And, uh, and so that in and of itself is serving his memory, you know, to the best of your ability right there without even trying. Without ever trying, you know, that's that's exactly what he set out to do as a teacher. So, you know, this is 
this is something you should, you know, you should take with you, you know, and knowing that, Hey, you help fulfill that aspect of his life. Definitely. So as much as, as he taught you, you know, you helped, you, you know, you helped teach him and and guide him along as well. So. Well, okay. That, that felt good. So you want to say a couple of random dick balls, shits and pisses, Doug? Egan would do it too. So. There you go. (laughs) Shit, dick balls, piss, fuck, motherfucker. Yep. God, he's, ah, that comedy club in heaven is going to be awesome. And he's going to... Oh, yeah, he'll be yeah. sitting in on all the greats and doing his own stuff, too. Yeah, he's the one that kind of exposed me to Carlin, too. Oh, well, then the dude's a hero, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. But um, as we alluded to in our rambling opening before we started talking about <laughs> Mr. Egan... <laughs> yeah, we... we uh, we're going to take a look back at 2017. Yeah, we're going to do our uh, our wrap-up <laughs> of our, uh, our top five pop culture moments of 2017 and our top five films... That we saw, not the top five films that were in theaters, because fuck, we don't go that much. Never, we we have too much integrity to do that bullshit. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of fucking silly. We'll leave that shit up to Rotten Tomatoes and everybody else yeah, to do. We, but I, uh, honestly, twenty eighteen, we're going to be going after Rotten Tomatoes because there's something up with that bullshit. Um, you know, like I'm not gonna I'm not I, gonna I, poke the bear on that one. I don't think it's just you know because I'll poke the bear in the ass on well, that one. Well, alrighty. Uh, <laughs> Dango owns Rotten Tomatoes. True, but you have to understand that there's there's aspects of Rotten Tomatoes that piss me off to no end. Yeah. But then you also have to understand that a lot of Rotten Tomatoes is because of the consumer and what they say. The problem is, is they're already negatively or positively charged depending on who's cast in a film, who's this. I mean, you to me, I find it weird that you have a ratings before the movie before comes. the movie's released. Yeah, it's bullshit. You know, and I'm like, no, no, I don't give a shit about the Rotten Tomatoes percentage. It's look to me, it's. For me being the resident old fart here, yeah. it's the same thing as growing up with Gene Siskel. And, well, they saw and, the movies. Yeah, Siskel and Eber. Well, granted, and they would show you parts of it and stuff like that, but they're also like very highly trained film critics. Exactly. And and that's I, what the world is right I didn't fucking now. care. I just you know, like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to watch Goonies because I fucking love Goonies. Did and I ever show you that video I'm of I'm going the to watch Siskel Buckaroo Banzai across the ninth dimension. You know, like that's just Did the Did I ever show you the video of Siskel and Eber playing the activator? No. Oh, I got to show it to you later. It's awesome. <laughs> By the way, uh, I think it's on Hulu or Netflix right now. If you get a chance, yeah. watch Buckaroo Banzai Across the Ninth Dimension. I hope it's on Amazon because I don't have Hulu. <laughs> uh, Peter Peter Weller, I believe, is the yeah. lead, a- oh, no. lead actor in that one. After oh. the whole Kevin oh. Smith uh, right. uh, highs it, and, and lows of getting the... Exactly. I, I, I learned a lot about Buckaroo Banzai during that time. Right. And so, you know, like I pay attention to the universe. They throw you little messages. You know, uh, uh, Kevin Smith said something about it. I remember watching it when I was little but I don't I, I didn't remember I remember him driving the, the jet powered truck towards the mountain like he turns off veers off and heads yeah. towards the mountain and goes like through another dimension crossover um, you know and that starts some some shit with some aliens and stuff like that but uh, he's got to do that in a right and then you know like Kevin Smith talked about how he was going to do it in an episodic kind of way yeah it would have been amazing yeah and uh, you know and who knows who knows maybe it'll get revived you know uh, well he did the right thing when they were screwing over the creators yeah he said no I'm not doing it that right way. so you know maybe maybe we'll see something where people get the proper credit you know yeah, and exactly. things like that Kevin will be like I'm in exactly so uh, but enough then, of that <laughs> but then I, you know I was reading uh, Ready Player One and um, they mentions it in there when he's building the car God, yeah, when he when he when he's building the car and he puts together the DeLorean with, uh, you know, the inoperative flux capacitor, of course. Yeah. But then the uh, it it he puts on the uh, the car. Uh, he mounts the front light 
from Knight Rider yeah. kit, and it also has the AI in there of kit. But then it also has the uh, interdimensional device from Buckaroo Bonsai. And I was like, ah, so That's yeah, so you cool. have to, you have to kind of like, I was just like, oh fuck, it's on TV, I gotta watch yeah, it. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. But uh, back to the pop culture moments. Um, yes. I, I, I got a uh, confession to make. Okay. Um, I have honorable mentions. Oh, all right. That's fair. Okay, cool. I didn't get a dude cheater. No, no, no. That's that's fair. Do you have any honorable mentions that may come to mind? Um, A couple. A couple. Uh-huh. Um, uh, fire I'll, I'll, you... I'll fire mine off first sure. and you hit yours. Uh, first one, Mike Myers hosting the gong show in character. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, right? Yes. And they, they, they went well with it. They didn't acknowledge it or anything, but unfortunately, I just re- read an interview where Mike Myers did acknowledge that he is hosting the Gong Show, which uh, I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah. Well, but you they know, got away look, with the first season. It's, it's fucking rough having to stay, you know, in be an entirely world. different person in this day and age. You know, if it was just still the print, radio, and television yeah, age, you know. Yeah, not the TMZ world we live exactly, in. Exactly. The constant, you know, the instant streaming media. Which, by the way, the Weinstein slap around was a beautiful oh, video. Just watch that. That's that. Hey, it's coming. We're we're, we're going to talk about it. Um, but um, you know, it, it it's difficult to maintain that kind of you know, like uh, Sasha Baron Cohen doing you know Borat and yeah. uh, you know or Ali G or anything like that, where it's difficult to fucking. Well, keep he can't, that. He's he has said he can't do any of those movies anymore. Right. Where it's a character driven movie. Yeah, because too many people know who he well, is. Well, he tried to deal with Dictator. Yeah. And it just blew up in his face. Right. You know, and it's, and that's okay because I, the, the shit that came before was amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll never forget. Keeping Andy Coppin's legacy alive. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'll never forget him and uh, Madonna. You know, that <laughs> Ollie G and Madonna was, there's, yeah. So, it, you know, kudos to Mike Myers for, for keeping it as, as long yeah. as he did. But yeah, when they first announced that, I was like, I'm kind of intrigued. Oh, yeah. I'm that made kind me of so freaking intrigued. You know, this weird British guy that we didn't know about, you know, yeah. this, this they did well. They had his own Twitter community. out yeah. and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, they really went all in on it. So. And then my other honorable mention is the BBC interview where the guy is at home uh-huh. and the two kids bust oh, come the door. busting in the door. Yeah. That's yeah, and the wife comes running in and he's to be, like, uh, uh, he looks so fucking panicked. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> it was Phenomenal, dude. Yeah. That was that was one. I of, completely forgot that was twenty seventeen. Yeah, I totally forgot that one too. Okay, what's, um, what's some of your honorable mentions? Mine. One of them is going to be uh, Thirteen Reasons Why. Oh yeah, um, that was a hard one. I gotta tell you. Okay, uh, it's another episodic. It's I want to say it's eight episodes. I believe it's eight episodes. Seven or eight episodes, and they usually cover a couple of people in there. And it's, you know, it's the journey of this girl who commits suicide, and yeah. she leaves a tape with 13 reasons why she committed suicide, and each tape highlights somebody else. And, uh, you know, kind of goes through the journey of, of this, this boy who was really in love with her, yeah, and uh, her best friend, and things like that, and just... He's crushed and he's going slowly, tape through tape, you know, to, to kind trying of trying to figure out what happened. Yeah, what happened, and you know, he's he's listed in there, and um, you know, and so when you get to the end of it, it it, it kind of sets up for a, a season two, not with her, but with Recovery. ramifications of you know what's going to happen and all that stuff. I, I got to tell you, as much as I loved the show, I think they could have cut it down to about five episodes, because when did you start? You know, like it just starts getting kind of drug along after a while. It was still profoundly. That's what he heard about it. There was like a lot of stuff that they, a lot of people, like even like some uh, mental health professionals, yes. were like you should have done this a little differently. Just 
trimmed it down a little bit, I think, is, is what they should yeah. have done. But it did... I was worried that it would glorify... That's the that was suicide? kind of the, yeah. Um, but I mean, they made they made it a point to say like you know that it was the you know it was t- it was absolutely terrible and if you feel helpless you know like they they highlighted the uh, you know the suicide hotline and you know let's say 2017 was filled unfortunately with so much suicide and um, you know so I mean it was it was a very good show and and uh, the young lady and. and Forgive me, I didn't look her name up right off the bat, but the, the young lady who's involved in it. Um, I think Selena Gomez. No, it's not Selena Gomez. Oh, okay. No, um, but she was she was fantastic. Oh, she the was, actress. Yeah, the actress who played and I think it's like uh, Selena Gomez or Demi Lovato like produced it, if I remember Probably, correctly. probably, but... Um, because but, we researched it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we researched stuff. I'm just basically going off of what I saw, and I, I loved it. I, I'm going to tell you right now, it has the absolute most real suicide oh, wow. scene in it. You know, other than putting a gun in your mouth and things like that. Um, you know how they always talk about uh, up the road, not across the... You know, across oh, yeah. The, they very graphically show Shit. that. And then the parents discovering her. Oh, fuck. And it's the mother's reaction as a parent. Yeah. As a parent. Uh, the mother's reaction is one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen. It's not. It's not the screaming. Look, well, no. it, it's been long enough. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just yeah, kind of no throw head. it out there. It's not the screaming. It's not the. You know, she doesn't. She doesn't do any of that stuff. She walks in and her. You know, the bathtub's overflowing, blood everywhere in in the tub. She's unconscious at this point. Yeah. And the mom's like, "It. It's okay. It's okay. We can fix. It's okay. Yeah. We can. We can do. We, we. We. We can fix this. We can." She's clearly passed at this point. Yeah. But the mom is doing everything like it's not Going to the mom real. Mom. It's not real to her. She's like, we can, we can fix well, it. It's She's kind still of sitting there. Like, and then the dad comes in. And he's like, oh my, oh my god, oh my god, I have to, you know. And he's wanting something. to help. And she's like, don't touch her. Like, you know. And and it's this very real moment. And it was, it was something that just took. Well, it reminds me my heart away, and it was uh, just devastating. But well, you can never understand what's going on unless if you're in that person. Exactly. Spot. I'll tell you right now. When I found out that uh, you know my my brother David had passed away from yeah. a car accident, um, it it didn't hit me one hundred percent until I showed up um, about ten to 20 minutes before everybody else did at the memorial. Yeah. Um, and I had a solid five minutes alone knowing he was on the other side of the wood of the casket I was oh, touching. Fuck. And it was, it was this moment of, no, 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 no. Like, he, he's going to give me a call. Like, it's, this is, this is going to be fun. He's going to call me. He's going to well, call me. You know, and then when I was faced with the casket, then it was just like, what the hell, man? Like, you know, all my anger came forward too. Like, why didn't you, why didn't you look the other direction before you pulled out? Like what, yeah. you know why? And then it was just, I can't fucking tell you this to your face now. And it was, it, it was real at that point. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, people go through different things. You know, some people just fucking lose it right there. Yeah. Other people are just numb, you know? And, and you, you know, all you can do is just be there. But the big fear with, you know, 13 reasons was that everybody was going to glorify it. Was going to and it was yeah. because it was like, this is your tape. That's, that's what the whole thing Make was. Make your tape. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it, it like the, it became a meme. This is your tape. Yeah. It would, it would say it before she, every one of her tapes, Hey, it's so-and-so. Hey, this is your tape. Oh, fuck. So that people like knew. And it, 
they were really worried it was going to kind of glorify or make light of teen I remember, suicide. I remember when the series really first started, and they, <clears throat> that was the big story was yeah. going around where people were just like, this is going to glorify, this is going to... Right, and that's, I mean, I, I was kind of expecting the same thing like, uh, well, like fucking Teen Mom. Yeah. When Teen... When Teen Mom hit, I immediately was like, fuck, now you're going to have a whole shitload yeah. of girls getting pregnant because, hey, MTV's going to put them on TV because yeah. MTV can't put out fucking music anymore because they're shit. So, I, I mean, look, basically... Well, that, the subject is such a thin ice one. I, it is, but it's, it's look, it just... Um, <laughs> I don't want to be the insensitive dick, but it just... 13 Reasons Why could have been shortened down into like five <laughs> episodes and not have to you know like by the by the time we got to it I was like I don't fucking I don't fucking care anymore I don't <laughs> I don't care why it's this kid's fault fucking okay, well, you man just up me there. man the fuck up and, and listen to the tape already yeah. <laughs> so listen to why, find out why the fuck Hannah is mad at you and why you had some play in all of this um but yeah I, yeah I don't know okay I kind of thank you for going that way with your ending because like I was looking at my list going like, I'm not following up something as poignant as 13 Reasons Why with what my number five is. Oh, I can't wait. What is your number five? Since since you ended it that way, I don't have to do oh. any kind of swapping. There you go. It wouldn't If I would have swapped it, it would have just been like, this is actually number four, but I'm keeping number five for after that because of okay. 13 Reasons Why. But now, here's my number five. Kendall Jenner's dumbass Pepsi commercial. Okay, you and I are tied on this one because I was like, what the fucking fuck happened here? Oh, yeah, I was... I, yeah, I it, forgot that happened this last year. Pepsi just got it, high? <laughs> it was this weird global protest sort of thing and, and with the police brutality and everything. Yeah. And fucking everybody's and with a Pepsi. screaming and yelling at the fucking crowd and she comes out, like she walks out all model-esque and shit. Yeah. She's sitting in some salon or boutique or fucking restaurant or whatever the hell it is and comes wandering out and then hands the police officer a fucking Pepsi. I think it was I think it was Hollywood Babylon that said you know who enjoyed that commercial the most? Coke. Fucking Coke. Yeah, because <laughs> it was a nightmare. And then they pulled it so fast. Oh my god, it never even made it. I don't think it ever made it to TV. Yeah. And then also too the great uh comment uh Kevin said like would have been hilarious if he went out to that protest and realized Oh, this is against the Kardashians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or got fucking shot trying to hand him a Pepsi. Yeah. That you know it was. Well, not shot, just like maybe clubbed in the stomach. Aim high, motherfucker. Shoot, shoot, like right between the eyes. Okay. Right between the fucking eyes. Because <laughs> now she's pregnant, right? I believe so. Yeah. See, see what happens. And they single. fucking breed. Yeah. They fucking breed. And destroy the men that are in their lives. Oh God. But uh, yeah, so she she wanders out, hands the fucking cop a Pepsi, and 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 I tell you what, dude, the Black Lives Matter people lost their fucking uh, mind. Everybody did. Well, because that's what it was. I mean, it was really making light of that. Oh yeah, it was making and, light of all the like. And they, I know they, they didn't intend to, but it was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, Pat, the, whoever the, whoever was in that brain session, right? Was just like, here, do, well, let's, do let's, you want to know the most justified thing? Okay, so uh, go ahead. I'll, I'll, oh no, no, I was just saying like the people that were in that meeting were probably like. We never speak of this meeting. Yeah, they were, they, I hope the other guy got fired and beaten to fucking death. Yeah. Uh, or he's working the bathroom at the Pepsi headquarters. So he's, do you mind if he's I? He's the towel guy. <laughs> do you mind if I lead off at the number four? Yeah, go ahead with your number okay. four. Okay, because your fifth was the same. Okay, it was, cool. yeah, yeah, it was absolutely the same. Okay, so my fourth was, <laughs> and it was directly related to this. Yeah, was uh, Slayer's "Kill the Kardashian" shirt. 
after seeing fucking Kendall Jenner wearing a Slayer um, t-shirt. Would you believe that's my number four? Shut the fuck up. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I think like, you're going to like my number four. <laughs> it was one of my favorite things oh, yeah. to see. Uh, I felt bad kind of throwing that in as number four because it's it's not it's really a, a pop moment. culture event. But it, no, it that's pop kind culture. Of, it just kind of tied. I mean, it is, but it just it's pop culture in in the wave of shit that happened this last year. Just wait until you see the rest of mine. It's yeah, pop culture. It left was right. it was uh you know it was just one of those things that I had to fucking chuckle at. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't blame you one bit on that one. So anyway, I'll go ahead with your my fourth. number four is the Babadook becoming a gay icon. Okay, yeah. What the <laughs> fuck. It was a glitch on Netflix yeah. that threw Babadook into a gay LBGT yeah. category, and the community just picked it up and ran with it, and made the Babadook a gay icon. <laughs> and there, there's a little ellipses on this one too, uh-huh. because they just the community decided, or just everybody decided, like this is awesome, let's roll with this. Babadook got a, a lover. Oh God, really? Yeah came the information was released about the same time as its release oh that's right Pennywise and Babadook are in a relationship that's right so I do remember this I knew as I was making, compiling this list I was like okay I started out with Kardashians I gotta go with something freaking fun and light for the fourth one on my list absolutely so the Babadook becoming a gay icon and getting into a nice little relationship with Pennywise yeah yeah I you know yeah um, I'll let you go ahead and lead off with, the with next my one. third one. Yeah, envelope gate from the Oscars. Yeah, that was <laughs> yes, that was. <laughs> oh, I almost forgot that happened at last year's Oscars. That yeah. was yeah, just some dumbass that was not paying attention because he wanted to take pictures with people. Uh, so that I incorporated that into, I incorporated that into uh, uh, spam a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. River. Our our ending yeah. sequence is, you know, like uh we find the Holy Grail in the you know, for, for those of you who haven't seen it. Uh, the Holy Grail is found and it's under the seat of a uh audience member. Yes. Yeah, so it was such an amazing yeah. <laughs> We way bring to him roll up on it. stage and, and King Arthur says, you know, uh Patsy, the envelope please. And so I say the you know, the award for best audience member goes to, and there's a big drum roll, and I go, La La Land. Oh, wait, wait, no, I'm sorry. That's not right. It's, you know, and then yeah. I say the the guy's name, and everybody died. They fell out laughing. So amazing. And, uh, you know, like I, I told my director beforehand, and luckily he, he trusts me really well. I didn't tell him exactly what I was doing, but I said, look, I, it's going to be very tasteful. I promise it's going to be funny. You know, just roll we'll with let it. You roll and with I it. heard his fucking cackle in the in the crowd. And That's awesome. yeah, and so he was like, "You have to keep that every night now." You know, it's like, "Why didn't we think of this sooner?" And uh, I was just really, I was really blessed to work with a really fucking talented group of people. Very true. And uh, you know, who trusted me and had great reaction to the whole thing. Oh yeah, and, and we're just fantastic. And so, um, luckily, you were yeah. working with some great people. The unfortunately, the people backstage at the Oscars were yes, not. it was terrible because it was revealed like a couple days later that this guy, the, the basically the way the stage was set up. Which was dumb too. Yeah, they had. There's two people on each side with the same envelopes. Right. So that there was no confusion. There was no. Uh, uh, it was supposed to be seamless in who got the, what envelope. Yeah. And then as soon as that category, like whatever side they came out, they from, tossed it. They the other side discarded the yeah. other side. Well, you know, shitty McShit face. Yeah. Wasn't paying attention. I want to get a picture with Emma Stone. Yeah. <laughs> and so he. Uh, he fucking didn't he discard his and handed it to Faye Dunaway, right? Yeah, Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway had it. And um, uh, it was 
Okay, so so <laughs> our Bonnie and Clyde, Faye Dunaway and, and Warren Beatty, they're on stage. Yeah, and they're about to get shot in a hail of rain. <laughs> like it was, well, I mean, because <laughs> she looked at it. Or wait, let me see. He, he looked, looked at he it. He looked at it first. He looked at it first and he was confused as shit. I still believe he looked at it and he looked at her and had her, he wanted her to take a yeah, look at it. Yeah, to take a look go, at it. Go, am I seeing this correctly? <laughs> right. And because you could clearly see the wave of confusion over his face. Yeah. But... Neither one of them tried to save the moment. Yeah. Either because he leaned over to her to kind of get her reassurance on it, and She's she away. thought, yeah, she, as many male presenters, you know, will do if they're they're co-presenting with a female, uh, you know, presenter, they will lean over and let the lady read the the envelope. It's yeah. just I, you know chivalry thing, I guess. Yeah. I don't like holding the door or whatever. Uh, I'm sure there's some women lib group going fucking crazy at me saying this right now. Yeah, like they listen to us. But sure. still. Um, and if you do, thank you. Yeah, thank you very, thank you. Thank you very much. And shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, because uh, I have a dick. Uh, so, <laughs> he leans over and Faye Dunaway goes, la la land. And they fucking lose their shit and come up and they get their art, you know, for best picture. And it's, oh my lord. And yeah, well, it was, it's rolling for a moment, and then yeah. all of a sudden you see a uh, producer run on stage. Right, and they're they're talking and stuff like that, and then what happens is the director of La La Land is standing there talking, and he goes, uh, we didn't win. Yeah. We didn't just, win. Yeah. And uh, the moment, just be yeah. like, and Moonlight, it, get up here. Yeah, Moonlight, immediately, he's like, it, it was Moonlight 1. This isn't a joke. It's not a joke. Yeah. It was, it was a misreading. And people were like, wait, what? Yeah. And it, I felt bad because Moonlight was such a cultural culturally great film you know and it, and it meant some it had such an impact and it felt like it lost some of its uh you know some of its that's luster what, that's why i thought afterwards but also too then i thought about it like you know how many people were probably going to go see that movie now right just because oh this was the best yeah, picture this is that the, got yeah this is the movie that fucking yeah, yeah. Got yanked around exactly yeah but yeah you're you're 100 right that was that was one of the, oh yeah the best moments you're number three uh my number three and it, it's I I had a little little bit of, you know, where did I where did I want to go exactly with this? And I I think I'm I'm gonna go this way because I think there's a couple others that were very culturally, um, important. Number three for me was uh, the death of Chris Cornell and Chester. Yeah, you know, uh, Bennington. Let me say something real quick. Sure. Entertainment Weekly can go fuck themselves. Why? What happened? They didn't even mention Chester in their memoriam portion of the year end issue. Are you serious? Yeah. I have it over there too. I got to fucking yeah. take a look at it. I didn't yeah. even. No. Chester is not. I know mentioned. Cornell's in there. I yeah. saw that right off the bat. But... but Chester is not in there. What a bunch of shit. Yeah. I, and I almost guarantee they are eating piles of it right now. Oh, I hope so, man. Yeah. I hope so. But. Uh, be, especially because, especially because Chester's death was like almost, I mean, it, it's, it's very possible that it had a lot to do with Chris Cornell's death. Oh yeah. Uh, well, you know, there's best friends and like, right. And it, well, it happened on the, was it the near, anniversary? Near, near his birthday. Near his I, birthday. It, it was on his birthday. I yeah, think it was Chris on his birthday. birthday. Chris Cornell's birthday. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, first of all, there was a lot of speculation as to whether or not Chris Cornell flat out killed himself. Yeah. Um, from the reports that I have heard it, so, you know, look, uh, uh, you know, Cornell's suicide, we're not even 100% sure if it was suicide. Um, yes, we know An that accidental he... accidental OD. Yes, well, I mean, well, they think it was 
you know, his suicide was was. Or actually, like it was a chemical reaction with the meds he was on. Well, the the meds that he had had been taking, there's big speculation that he had possibly taken a, a double dose. Yeah. And one of the, oddly, the fuck enough, <laughs> one of the, and I know this because I, I you know, I li- I live, uh, you know, I, I live with people and know people who have depression. It, well, it's not a fucking secret. My wife, you know, battles with depression yeah. and, and anxiety and things like that. And uh, and postpartum and stuff like that. Doug, uh, and, one of our family members, one of our, you know. And he, that's the main reason I don't, like, I, I'm going through my therapy and everything. Right. But I, that's the main reason I am trying to avoid meds. A lot of us. people do because. You take it it's wrong. So, it's so delicate. And, and one of the side effects to a lot of these medications is it may increase suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And if you're already a suicidal person, why the fuck? You know, like it's, I get it. I, 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 I get it, but I don't. I yeah. get it, but I don't because I, I don't experience it myself. And that's, that's the, you know, that's really the, the bane of being the person who's on the outside of that. You know, yes, they're trapped within themselves and it, it's, it's horrible. But when you want to help somebody and you can't, you know, and it, you just, all you can do is be there. So it's, it's difficult to think that, you know, he, Chris was just on the phone with his wife. Yeah. And she was the one who called the bandmates and were like, well, she go fucking voice. kick the door down right now. They're, yeah. you know, like, and by then it was too late. Yeah. So then, you know, the, the birthday of Chris rolls around and the news breaks that Chester of Lincoln Park had committed suicide as yeah. well. And I, you know, Chris had hit me pretty hard because he was, he was and remains probably my favorite singer from the 90s and just a, a talented and amazing artist and I, I really for those of you listening listen to his rendition of Billie Jean uh, it's, a blue, it's a bluesy version of it and it's done live uh, listen to his cover of Prince's song for Sinead O'Connor Nothing Compares to You um, well even just like well, that last that concert the last concert that night right. is still on YouTube yeah and I was lucky enough to see him just a few months prior with Temple of the Dog when they did their small little, I think it was like seven or eight shows. Reunion. <laughs> yeah, like a little reunion or, or it was, I think it was their, their 20th anniversary or whatever it was. But uh, I, I was able to see Cornell live, you know, yeah. and it was, he's fucking magical. He's fucking magical. And, <laughs> and so it was, it's rough. In a world where we don't have Bowie, where we don't have Prince, yeah. where we don't have Freddie Mercury anymore. You know, I, I know that it harkens back to like 1991, oh, but, but still, you know, like all of that stuff. In, in There's world, so many like voices that are gone that it fucking, we need. Tom Petty, another one. Another one we lost this last year, you know. There's so many blows to music. I just think about all the songs that will be covered of Cornell's and all the songs, you know, that Chester sang, you know, and I'm, and I'm sure, I'm sure Linkin Park's going to want to try to I think they. I think they have announced that they're not. Hopefully, I, yeah. I don't. I don't know that aspect of it myself. And so far, I, I could be talking out my ass. I don't. They know. may be moving on to a different name. You know, maybe you know. I, I know that because they it'd be all so freaking hard. Yeah, I mean, really, he was. God damn it, he was. He was fun to listen to. Yeah. You know, could just. I fuck when I you know when I left my first wife, I I played in the end, because after all the shit that happened, everything we did. It, it, <laughs> never none of it really mattered you know and it was 
like I screamed and I stomped and I did everything that I could to try to draw attention to things and it just didn't matter in the end. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just a bullet point to things. And so, I mean, it, it was the soundtrack is part of the soundtrack of my life. Uh, you know, in a lot of people's lives. And it was just, it was just a terrible fucking, terrible fucking year, you know, to lose Cornell and to lose Chester in the way that, yeah. It happened. In the way that it happened, you know? And again, it was, you know, if you're feeling depressed, fucking there are people out there that are willing to talk to you and willing to listen. And, and, you know, and it's like we said before, you do mean something, Yeah, you know, you, everybody even get behind something. a mic and just shout into the void. Yeah. Yeah. We still do it. Anything, you know, any, anything that you can do to find help, do, do it. it, you know? So that, that was my number three. Okay. Go ahead with your number two. My number two was the women's March. That is actually my number two also. There women's March with uh, the Me Too movement. Yes. Um, you know. The Women's March started because of basically dumbass in the White House. Right. Uh, Trump grabbing people by the pussy yeah. and making it justified for locker room talk to become open talk and uh, I, I will still say it uh, i know i'm not the manliest man in the room no uh, look th- this is your time to go yeah you are oh yeah you are honey thank you yeah, <laughs> don't worry about it but <laughs> with any of my conversations with you guys yeah even with my friends in high school when we were high school dumbasses never got to that point look uh, you know I am never going to tell you that I've I haven't looked at another female or the female form with other guys and been like, damn. But you would never say damn. you're going to assault them. No, and never. You know, like, oh yeah, you, you know, I'm famous. I can just walk them, grab them by the yeah. pussy, and they'll let you because you're famous. What the fuck? You know, this man is sitting in our our White House. He doesn't deserve it. No, and it just send you know, your letters to NoahCalifornia.com, and and I'll gladly wipe my ass with them and send them back. Yeah. Uh, it's my opinion and it's our show, so fuck you. Yeah. Um you know, it just it's it's unfucking believable what women have had to endure and 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 I'm not qualified by any means to speak on this fucking subject. This is what I know from my personal life. I was raised by a single mom. I was raised by a very strong single mom who stood up and fought for other people's rights when when she was fighting for gay rights. Uh, when it was frowned upon, when when AIDS was still a thing that people weren't sure how the fuck you were you know gonna you know contract it, even though all the information was out there. Um, I watched her in when we were in Barstow and she was in hospice. There was a patient I, I went to her you know house um, with her, and there was she had an AIDS patient, and um, he had lost his ability to speak. He yeah. was near the end. His mother, super Christian, wouldn't allow him to be with his uh, his partner, his you know his gay partner. Um, they lived together in San Francisco, but when he took ill, the mom took him, and and uh, she gained power of attorney, and wouldn't allow him to see him at all. To this day, as far as we know, uh, his his lover and his partner never knew where he's buried. Oh, fuck. Never knows anything. My mom. Uh, literally was reprimanded because she tore her new ass. Good. For that kind of stuff, you know? And so, you know, it just, I know there are strong women out there who deserve better than being objectified, and they certainly don't deserve a president in a White House uh, who has made it okay. Yeah. Who has, has you know. Well, 
I'm gonna, directly or indirectly made it okay for them to fucking do that. Well, that's the that's the key thing right there. It's like he may have made it okay, but that's the that was the point of the march. Yeah, that it's not okay. And it's not okay. No, and, it's, it's not. And but, we have to right. stand there and go, no, right. fuck this shit. You know, and it's it's unbelievable. And I, I'll tell you what. Now that we're in 2018 and we're we're in the post Oscars, yeah. Uh, if you haven't watched it, watch Oprah's 10 minute speech. Oh, yeah. I have openly wept listening to that speech. Uh, Unfortunately, I've not checked it out yet. But it is one of the most empowering and wonderful thing that she says it herself in in her speech. uh, The fact that she is the first female black recipient of the Cecil B. DeMille Award. Uh, that moment is not lost on her and it's, she certainly, and, and as Oprah always does very eloquently conveys, you know, how, how times are a changing, you oh, know, yeah. oh, <laughs> to, to, to kind of paraphrase Dylan, you know, yeah. times are a changing, you know, and, and, you know, she, she kind of bullet points everything at the end by saying, you know, I don't, I look forward to a time which is coming. It's on the horizon and the day's dawning that, nobody will have to say me you know not a single woman will have to say me too yeah and i guess that'd be a good way to transition into the me too yeah part of it where i think it was Alyssa milano that was the initial one that kind of put her story out there Mm -hmm. and started the hashtag if if i'm remembering it correctly for women to step up and they don't even have to say anything about their what happened just to simply say me too right and for the next I'd say week. Let's just round it up to a week. Okay. I lost count of how many times I saw Me Too in my own personal stream of people I know. And then it trickled to just, it started trickling into men too. Yeah. Because as important as it is the Women's March and to step up and tell men to get their heads out of their asses. Right. And stop the harassment, stop the assaults, to be able to just stopping for a victim to be able to step up and say, I don't have to tell you my story, but I'm part of this. And that's the exact reason that you started seeing some men jumping in with me too. Yeah. And well, see that I think there's a, as, as much as it began as a, as a women's outcry. Yeah. You know, um, as we learned with Kevin Spacey. Yeah. It's not just women. Unfortunately. It, it's not just women. Yeah. Uh, it's it's men as well. Yeah. So I think Me Too transcended its own origins and and fell to encompass anybody who's been victimized by somebody else. Yeah. And, but has been afraid to say something. And I even overheard people in my personal life. I'm not gonna directly say who. Right. That were kind of giving a crap. Yeah. And I sat there listening to these people. Like there were some people at work that were talking about it, and some at home and this you you know a little bit yeah about oh yeah my past and oh, everything yeah. and so to have the person at home wonder why why did it take him so long to speak out and everything yeah and i looked at this person like are you are you fucking, fucking serious? serious yeah 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 and in a roundabout way this is me saying me too right and, and I'm fucking I'm I'm super proud of you for saying this right here. Yeah. And I mean because this is a very public forum to, to, yeah. to say that in. And I'm super fucking proud of you for saying that. Yeah, and to you have know? this person say this. And that's what I, as soon as every time that mm-hmm. she or he has brought it up since then, I point I directly say, put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Put yourself in their shoes and 
as I just stated, put them in, put you in my shoes. Look, if you need to know nothing else about how widespread victimization can be, without, you know, uh, you know, people always think, well, why don't they, why don't they fight back? Why don't they say something? Why don't? They? How about Terry fucking Cruz? Yeah, one of the biggest built a guy that you know <laughs> i can see him doing the that's a big ass robot yeah. i can see him dancing love in, terry oh he's so fucking good and to hear his side shattered me yeah. because it took him and i'm not saying it re, it reduced him in any way shape or form but you look at stars and you look at things like that and when, when you realize that somebody of his stature somebody as big as he is physically just a powerhouse of a person could be victimized yeah. as well. Uh, it brought him down to a more human plane for the rest of us. And, and you his know? thing falls into line with what we kind of were joking about earlier about <sighs> Weinstein getting smacked around. And that's a big portion of the reason why no one says stuff. Because, unfortunately, that person is in a position of power right. in any way, shape, or form. And that's what they look at. And it's like with Bill Cosby. Like the some of the ladies that took a while to right. How how are they supposed to come forward and say, "Oh, America's dad raped me"? You know, one of the things that Oprah mentioned in her speech, one of the, one of the people that she mentioned in her speech was a woman by the name of Reese Taylor, who had who had been abducted by five or six white men in Alabama, I believe it was. Yeah, Henry County, Alabama, uh, Abbeville. Um, she was blindfolded. She was raped and dumped on the side of the road, blindfolded. Never got to see justice for her accusers and things like that. Went to the NAACP, uh, I believe it was, and uh, or the ACLU maybe it was the time. I don't, I don't remember uh, which which one it was. But the person that she spoke to was Rosa Parks. Wow. It was a little bit after that that Rosa Parks the bus chose yeah chose to keep her seat yeah on the bus. Uh, but Reese Taylor. You know, it's one of those who made it, her plea went unknown to so many people. I didn't know anything about her until Oprah mentioned something, you know, but I, but I looked her, I've looked her up since. And, uh, it's it's a prime reason for why people don't come forward because what's the point of making yourself, you know, a lot of people think it's your fault. A lot of people feel like it's their fault. And, uh, now she didn't continue. I mean, she didn't stop fighting. She didn't stop speaking out about it. But it went unheard, and that's what a lot of people are afraid of. In a world, you know, like first of all, it was a racial thing, you know. Uh, but it was also a violation of her rights as a human, as, exactly. a, as a woman, as a person, you know. And so people are afraid of of speaking up, you know, because they don't know what what it's going to be. And in a, in an institution like Hollywood where it's so misogynistic and where it's so controlled by the it's man. It's so awesome that the, it, those walls are starting to crumble. Right, they're crumble. starting to crumble down, you know, and, and you know, it. it's still shocking to me that people like Catherine Bigelow is the first fucking woman ever in 81 years to kind of, win the best director, you know? Kind of throw it back out to uh, Golden Globes, too, the Natalie Portman's a little dig. Oh, dude, that was the best. The yeah. all-man... And the all Ron Howard's like, touche, nice. It, well, because... The director of Lady Bird should have been fucking nominated. Instantly. It won Best Fucking Picture. You know, it won Best Fucking Picture. Why Why the shit didn't she get it's nominated? Amazing. You know, uh, it's, 
Yeah, it's it's just I'm glad the institution walls are falling down too. Yeah, but so the women's march and the Me Too. Yeah, the the, the Me Too portion though, it, I'm glad that that's that's coming to light. Yeah, and people like Ashley Judd are fucking justified finally. You know, I, if you want to hear something interesting, uh, listen to the story of, uh, about how uh, uh, her and um, fuck, I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Uh, I don't, I don't have it, but uh, but she was supposed to be cast in uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, Mira Servino. Yeah, Mira Servino. Thank her, you. Her Thank blacklist. You. A right. lot of They're people blacklisted the fucking oh. because of Harvey Weinstein. Like uh, Selma, uh, like Weinstein. Oh, like, Salma Hayek when she fucking slammed him and like, no, that's not true. That's not true. Pre- pressured her into the nude scenes for yeah, Frida, and it's just like fuck, right? And that's, I mean. Fuck. I mean, you can just listen to, and, and I don't know if it's an escort or what what the fuck it is, or if it's a model. I think she's a model or something like that. Where Harvey's just like fucking begging her, begging her to just take like touch take her clothes off, just touch him, just touch me, just just touch. And she's like, I don't feel comfortable doing this. Yeah, I don't feel. Com- and, then, and then finally, he's just like, okay, fucking, well, you know, like lets her walk away. But think about how many countless people have had to put up with that. Shit. How many nameless people. Or, yeah. or, or people when I say nameless people we don't know about well, it's the had ca- to endure that shit it's the casting couch syndrome yeah absolutely yeah. and yeah. you know it's, all, it's long been rumored I mean and, and some of the people who were just initially part of the Me Too thing were like Gwyneth Paltrow Ashley Judd Jennifer Lawrence yeah. Jennifer fucking Lawrence right now you know who I think is a, a very strong female presence but then I think Ashley Judd is too yeah you know Reese Witherspoon fucking Rosario Dawson Viola Davis for Christ's sakes Anna Paquin Lady Gaga Cheryl Crow Bjork and you know people make light of of who she is you know and, and how she acts and stuff like that but it doesn't change the fact that she's a fucking woman and a yeah. strong powerful woman you know and and uh, Molly Ringwald Sarah Hyland Uma Thurman Michaela Maroney the list goes on Ellen DeGeneres for Christ's sakes you know like it just goes on and on and on and it's you know, it's like fucking Oprah said in her thing. There's a new day on the horizon, and there's going to be a lot of remarkable women. And she said many of the people who are in this room, and a lot of amazing men who are going to help that new day dawn. Exactly. And I, you know, well, I, it's like we talked about in the past. I'm like, glad what Kevin's doing with his uh, residuals from the Weinstein Company. Five thousand dollars a month he has pledged to uh, women in film. Right? Yeah. To help directors the, this, and things like that. Just kind of make things right from the women that were freaking screwed over by that. Fuck. It was one of the. It was one of the hardest things to hear him talk about because he broke down. Yeah, and like he you. had he had a moment on the podcast in front of everybody where he just like the weight of it all hit him. Uh, and he said he'd been going through it throughout the week, but like, what if what if I had what if I inadvertently had something to do with this? Yeah, you know, and it, you have to you replay every moment of your life going. Did I turn a fucking blind eye to something that I I wasn't aware was happening? You know, just because in my head I thought, eh, it's, this isn't my bag, I want to walk away, you know, kind of thing. And and you have to feel, you know, am I responsible, you know, and this and that. But I I, I applaud I applaud Kevin for fucking stepping it, up and and pledging what he did, you know. And it's, time, it's just time to make things right. It's ex- absolutely uh, time to set things right. It, it's just like Oprah said, we need to live in an age where we don't have to fucking say me too anymore. Exactly. You know, where that doesn't have to happen anymore. Like where you're, where, where people are respected and where women are equals. It's it's bullshit, you know. Yeah. So so you want to go with your number one? My number one was Harvey. Harvey? Harvey Weinstein was my number one thing. It was cool. I'm glad I let fuck, you. Fuck you, Harvey. Fuck I'm, him in the ass. You know, you piece of shit. 
Look we up just watched. Yes, go to TMZ.com and look up the video of the guy in, in Arizona, and and he backhands. He him. fucking backhands him a couple of times. It's just a slight slap against the face, but it's he's doing it in complete restraint because I think he would have rather balled up his fist and knocked him the fuck out. Like, but he, I think he realized that you know he, he, he could have got, and I'm sure he probably still is going to get hit with some type of assault type thing. Well, and, you'll look at the video. Yeah, and everybody it, around. Yeah. Doing nothing. Not a not a thing. There's because one guy filming, and he's got one shitty buddy with him, and they're you know, and the, the one dude who, who smacks him in the face, who, who basically bitch slaps him right in the face, uh, says to him flat out, You're "Get the you piece of shit for everything." And you can hear him say, "Everything you did to those women, yep, get the fuck out of here." So you know his his and, shit's done. And it's amazing the way Harvey looks in the video, right? Like freaking disheveled t-shirt probably he had on a a beanie cap that he he pulls off you know and it's like you know the shitty thing is is we can't we can't stop the money that he still has yeah i wish it's going to dry up it's going to try up it will but you know he'll he'll he's old enough now he'll just sock it away and he'll fucking spin it and he can be secluded like how we talked about a little bit too where it's like seeing him in a pathetic state like that just literally just getting bitch slapped by a dude right it's like I still want you to see justice, but dude, that is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful, you know, and, and what a what a piece of shit human being. Yeah. And you know, if 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 there's anything, if there's any kind of fucking thing that I could put on his shoulders as a hey, thanks, Harvey. It's thanks for being such a piece of shit that you brought everything to the light. Yeah. Like now people you start the snowball. You yeah, you're the one who got the big, dirty, fucking shit stained snowball rolling down the hill and you're picking up all the other turds with you. You know? And it's and it, it it's a little crushing to me because I, I fucking loved Kevin Spacey. Oh yeah. I loved Kevin Spacey I was a huge until fan of I saw this. And you know, uh and, and Louis C. K look, right or wrong. He's the only one that I, I will give any slight credit to because he's the only one that didn't try to dodge anything. He did. He did try to dodge it? Well, remember a couple months. I, well, being, I know he never came forward. Like, he could have fucking done months, that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. A couple of months before everything really came to light from mm-hmm. the New York Times article, Tig Negataro, if I'm saying her last name correctly. I hope so. That's yeah. almost close. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. <clears throat> she came out into the press and was like, I, I don't want to work with Louie anymore. And he was the one producing her show and basically gave her her break. And wow. everybody's like, why? Why? And she didn't put him on blast. She's like, there's some stuff out there he needs to own up to. Wow. And he, and he blew it off. Yeah. He blew it completely off. And then a couple months later when his butt was on that bandsaw. Yeah. That's when he was like, that's when oh, he was I'm sorry. Like, you know, I did. I did all this there. Absolutely. Mind you, it's a was a little bit better of an apology than Kevin Spacey's, but... 100%. You know, like, he tried to deflect from it, like, first and foremost, I'm gay. Um, but, you know, it, it, I, look, I'm not giving him a pass by by any stretch of the imagination. And you know what? I, I, I'll retract that by saying, you know, you're right. He he should have... He could have come forward. He could have owned up to it. He could have come forward. And this is and, coming you know, from a freaking big Louis C.K. fan. Right. And, uh, you know, it look, we, you see it in every, this isn't just a Hollywood thing. You see this every day in oh, the yeah. fucking workplace and it, it does happen with men and women, but mostly I will say mostly with men, yeah. uh, when they get into a position of power, I've watched manager after manager at, at the, this, the store, the retail store, uh, the grocery store chain that I work for. That, I've seen it at the retail store. I yeah. work at, and it, it, uh, it rhymes with, uh, Mater mothers. Um, I think you get the bullseye right on the head there. Yeah. It, uh, right? <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know, I've watched 
people who, you know, I, I watched a gentleman, and I, I'm not going to name any names, but who had a wife that made more money than him. And, and store managers make uh, six figures. Yeah. They make six figures. Um, <laughs> and he still cheated on her. She found out about it and left him. Good. And, you know, and then he was also busted down from the manager spot. Good. And, uh, you know, so it's like, <laughs> went, went from six figures down to mid five figures. And he's lucky it wasn't lower. Is probably, yeah, is probably going to have to sell off his house and things like that. And, and it's like, good, fuck you. Well, but anybody, that's, people do that all the time. I watch it, people. It's those fucking lunatics that get that piece of power. Yeah, that's that, all it is. That power corrupts. Yeah, it corrupts. And there's those good people with power. And that actually are good. But unfortunately, right. in this day and age and everything, we get fuckers like Weinstein. Well, yeah. You know, and, and I'll, I'll say this. Weinstein, much like the Titanic accident. Because uh, he's as big as an iceberg? Yes. <laughs> uh, because I want to see somebody hit him with a chunk of ice and split him open. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, the Titanic accident, while it was a huge tragedy... Uh, changed the way that the um, the way that the cruise industry and the and the way that uh, shipping lanes were handled. Yeah. They were way outside of the normal shipping lanes, which is why the Olympic, I think it was, or the I'm sorry, no, 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 no. Well, whatever, fucking, I'm sorry. Anyway, um, go to school, go to history. Yes, I can't remember. I, I, that was one of the twins of the Titanic. Was yeah. the Olympic? Um, it's the reason why they didn't get a rescue crew right off the bat. Like they, wasn't they, were a, they, they were way out of their, their lanes. Uh, they, were, they were kind of taking a longer scenic route. But there was talk about there being ice in that area. So they changed the shipping lanes. It changed things forever. Yeah. Um, it's a horrible tragedy. But it did... Something very good came of it. This is a horrible fucking tragedy. And I, I hate what happened to the women. Uh, and, and the men who've been victimized by other people in power in Hollywood as well. I but, hate what's happened, but I'm so glad that the, the fucking the doors are, getting kicked open oh and that the walls are coming down, yeah. you know. And uh, so that was that was my number one, you know, like fuck you, Harvey, fuck you so very much. Yes, and this is kind of the reason I'm glad you went with that one for your yeah. number one because mine <clears throat> is the is the extreme positive polarity on that. Okay, I I see that. It's from the San Diego Comic Con. Okay, and it's one of those pop culture moments that make me happy that we do what we do. Okay, and we enjoy pop culture the way we do. So when Gal Gadot met that little girl dressed up as Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and the little girl's crying her eyes out, and Gal Gadot's just sitting there talking to her, mm-hmm. telling her it's fine. You're yeah. here with us now. Yeah, and it. God, just I'm goosebumps right now just talking about it. Right. Watch the video. Watch the video. You'll understand why that was my number one. Yeah, I, it is the positive, you know. Uh, and especially with it being Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman that blew the doors away. Right. I mean, and and look at look at what we experienced at Stanley's Comic Con. There were the signs that we saw all over the place, and I made mention of this after yeah. on our wrap up. The signs were like, "Keep your fucking hands to yourself." This is this just because they're in costume doesn't mean you get to yeah. get touchy feely fuck face, and you will 
you be, you know, like you'll get roughed up. Yeah, you'll you will be fucking walked out of here. You know, you'll be escorted out and you'll be arrested. Yeah, that sort of thing. You may have so some accidents by it some was stairs. Like the immediate shift uh, was wonderful to see. Yeah, you know, it's just a shitty way. Uh, you know, I, I just feel bad for those who had to endure it for so long, and those who are nameless and faceless that had to do it, endure it or endure you know endure worse and. Now they're finally getting to see yeah. some some justice, you yeah. know. And then also with with that little girl too, that future is going to mm-hmm. be nice. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, you know, I I've been surrounded by powerful women my entire life. My fucking kids are amazing. My wife is outstanding, outstanding. And uh, and uh, you know, my mother is someone who is one of my biggest heroes because of how strong she is. You know, she she's you know my rock. She's the person that I am today as a result and uh you know they they need to be respected they need to be honored they need to be treated as equals 100 percent, not conditionally not occasionally every all the time every fucking day period and I, it's coming and yeah. i can't wait to see it you know i can't wait to see when it finally happens you know i don't see any other way of any any better? We're not good at segways. No, not not very good. Uh, not without Phil. Yeah. Son of a bitch, yeah, slinked out on us, you yeah. bastard. Anyway, uh, oh, so we're just gonna we're gonna rifle through our uh, top five films. Each of us have our our list. Yeah, top um, five films of 2017. I got some honorable mentions as per the ones that we saw ourselves. Yes, none of that bullshit of like I like this movie. Yeah, Did I you didn't see, it? see no. the fucking Shape of Water or any of that stuff. Yeah. Heard it was that fantastic. Really good, Heard it was fantastic. Yeah. You know. So my honorable mentions, I'm going to just fire them out real quickly and uh, give a little bit of a spiel on them. Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. Didn't, it was close to my top five, but unfortunately did not. It's just, I'm just so glad they finally gave us a Spider-Man movie where we gave a shit. Right. And then next is Jumanji. Okay. Because of how, and I posted online, and I tell people like when they first announced that they were doing Jumanji, I was like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you and your fucking ass. Right. Well, because we thought it was going to be a reboot. Yeah. No, a remake. A flat a remake, remake. Yeah. Yeah. Remake, reboot, whatever. And slowly but surely we got started getting word like, it's not. It's not. But there's still that voice in the back of my head like, don't fuck this up. Yeah. And when I first saw it, it was perfect. They did everything right. And this shows, it should show the studios Everything doesn't have to be remade. You can continue the story properly. Right. Unless if it calls for, like, really, you can't really continue the story of Casablanca. I think it also showed that trying to pull a surprise is so fucking hard to do. Because what they wanted to do was surprise the audience with, hey, this isn't a remake this yeah. is a you know this is a continuation and, of the series and we are going to give some tribute to Robin Williams and, they and all do that it perfectly stuff. right uh, but but it became one of their marketing ploys to just come out and say no 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 this is a continuation of the film because so many people were backed away from it oh yeah and um, it like I said it's hard to disguise it's hard to hide that shit in this day no, and age of, of media you know it's well, really it's, fucking it, difficult they did well with it they did <clears throat> a really good job and then my final uh, honorable mention because screw the people that uh, bash this movie we talked about it in, in a past episode Justice League okay yeah yeah Justice League was in my honorable mentions you yeah know. because uh, it just irritates the crap out of me it's Warner Brothers that seems to be screwing the pooch on this one right and DC knows what they want to do but they just they, they just 
can't do it, I guess. I don't know. Right. But Justice League, if you still haven't seen it, ignore the critics. If you have any inclination to see it, do it. Just watch it. You Then go from there. I recently, there was a... Uh... Uh, thing from comicbook.com or something something along those lines on on uh, Facebook who had asked who was your favorite Batman and it was like Adam West you know I all, saw your everybody. post on that yeah. yeah and I was like stay with me on this and I rattled it off and I, up to this point I know I have at least 8 to 10 people that I don't know a couple that I do but uh, at least 8 to 10 people that I have no clue that were like Wow, they didn't like laugh at it. They were like thumbs up. Some of them gave hearts. You know, they were like fucking. That's because what... Affleck is the bomb. He did a fantastic job. I'm sorry to use that phrasing. Yeah, <laughs> but he... <laughs> Affleck, he was the bomb of Phantoms, yo. Yeah, uh, that's a fucking great line. I like that. Yeah, but he he is the Batman. Yeah, he he really is. And and, and it's like I said, Warner Brothers is going to screw this up. They're going to lose Affleck, and they're going to lose Cavill, Henry Cavill soon. I hope not. I hope not. I, I, hope not. I pray to I God. I love him. I love him as Superman. I think he's a fantastic Superman. But, uh, you know, who wants to hang on to, uh, you know, they, they can't seem to get their shit together. Yeah. Why do you want to hang on to that? Exactly. You know, the only one that they're really going to, I think they're really going to push to keep is Gal. Yeah. Um, and rightfully well, so. Well, supposedly uh, the Aquaman movie and the Flash movie are getting more. Yeah, well, I mean. They're, I, they're... Think, I think with the Flash movie, though, they're looking at the possibility of being able to. Right. Change things up with the fact that it's the Flashpoint. Yeah. Well, I mean, see, and that's, again, it's something that CW has tackled. Yeah. And, and, uh, well, but it's, it's just... also Warner Brothers, because I'm not going to blame DC on this. It's Warner Brothers not settling on what they want to freaking do. Well, yeah. And, and it seems like they're they're looking to deem, uh, you know, basically, they have their, their, they're looking for somebody to be their Kevin Feige. Yeah. Um, you know, they... It, it's just difficult. You know, you have Jeff Johns who's in there showing them what to do as far as the comics and things like that, but you need somebody that's going to take them in the right direction. Exactly. So, so hopefully that'll be their 2018 is to... I hope so. Get them, get them righted and get them on the right track and all that stuff and, oh, yeah. you know, move forward with that. So, yeah, have any honorable mentions throughout um, or you just want to jump right in? No, you know, I, th- I think you kind of rattle off most of mine. Uh, John Wick 2 was a big one for me. I saw it. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> fucking... I, see, I, I... I'm ashamed. I tell you what, man. When I saw... When I saw the Born Identity, I was like, "This motherfucker would beat the shit out of 007. Like he would beat the shit out of 007, because they tried to keep a lot of his moves very concentrated and close, and not yeah. a lot of, you know, wild kung fu-y kind of stuff. Like it was very practical martial arts. Yeah. Well, kick that up a fucking hundred degrees and throw it on Keanu Reeves, who put himself through." the most rigorous training. I just watched another video of him because he's really big now into, he goes back to the same people to keep himself sharp because of course John Wick 3 is coming. Yeah. Um, and he's fucking just bing, bang, 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 just tagging fucking metal targets yeah, at want... all ranges in like six seconds, Don't eight seconds. With Bill. Well, and you know, like he's shooting there like, damn, six seconds, son, like 6.26. And he's like, I can get that under fucking five. Like, you know, and he's just beating himself up over stuff. And he's he's working with the Machado brothers, you know, and, and his uh, jiu-jitsu game is fucking unreal. See, being a perfectionist isn't bad. No, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> it. And, uh, yeah, John John Wick 2 was uh, was such a fucking ride for me. I, I know John Wick would beat Bourne and fucking Bond oh, easy. Uh, and there was there was a cute little thing on online where two guys got into an argument about Jason Bourne and John Wick fighting, you know, duking it out. And he's like, 
uh, no, John Wick wouldn't. John Wick wouldn't beat Bourne because he would have no reason to fight Bourne. Uh, he's trying to get out of the game. He's like, "What if Bourne hit his dog?" And he's like, <laughs> "Oh shit! Did he mean to hit his dog?" Like, and he's like, and so then it became this huge debate back and forth. And he's like, "What if? What if he fucking ki- in like one dimension, John Wick's dog was killed by Jason Bourne? It was his target. The dog was fucking crazy, and you know." And he, he he had to take out the dog. And so now John Wick is traveling <laughs> through every fucking dimension, killing every version of Jason Bourne. That, and I was like, this is beautiful. It's fucking gold. Yeah, I, I've got to find it. It's golden. It's golden. That's amazing. But uh, yeah, John Wick 2 is my big honorable mention. You know, of course, Spider-Man and all that falls in there. JLA is right there. I'm, I'm right there with you on that stuff. But uh John Wick 2 was, was my awesome. big honorable mention there. Um, you want to go with your fifth first? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That was my fifth, too. Okay. Cool, so uh, we got our first ones out of the way. Like absolutely. Facts. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was... Because this every, is a hard fucking list. Well, I mean, every... Yeah, it really was. Um, everything about the movie, I, I loved. It was I, fun. It was the so chemistry between that cast is so fucking lighthearted and fun. Dave Bautista really shown in this one. Um, you, you know the tone that you're getting within the first couple moments of Groot's dance. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when you, when you have... Uh, uh, hey, Mr. Blue Skies from yeah. ELO. You know, you're like, oh, Jesus. It's... And then just Groot just loving just, it. <laughs> it's just fantastic, you know, and the 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 chemistry and stuff between Gamora and uh, and, and Peter Quill yeah. uh, is fantastic. And fuck, dude, there's Kurt Russell can do no wrong. Uh, even as a bad guy, he can do no wrong. Uh, I I loved him as Ego in this. And, um, you know, the... And Mantis. Yeah, oh, Mantis, God. I, okay, so if well, you the, want something to fucking movie. blow your mind, I watched that entire movie thinking she, because she does. I, I, I watched that entire movie thinking she was of Asian descent. Uh, or, you know, and she's not. Yes. And I was like, what the fucking fuck? Like, you guys pulled a, a fast one on me there. And then, uh, but like I was, you were talking about <laughs> chemistry and everything. Yeah, with Quill and Gamora and everything. The the twisted chemistry between <laughs> Drax and it, fucking Mantis. Mantis. You're we're hideous. You're hideous. And he did all that to tell you know, like to to encourage it. Like no, no, I can't do all. But it was you know, like when he starts retching, <laughs> I'm just well, picturing us mating. You know, and oh god, because Drax so doesn't funny. know how to react to these feelings. No, and uh, you know, there's. You know, we really live for the Marvel cutscenes and things like oh, that. Yeah. The 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 stingers at the end to see you know what we're gonna get, and we got a fucking doozy. Um, uh, well, Which I'll just fucking say. It. Well, I mean, <laughs> the Teen Group. <laughs> teen Group was one that was that was all right. That was funny watching oh, Peter was Quill. Like you know, it was a throwaway one, but it was yeah. No, don't tell me shut up. You shut up. You know that kind of group. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Adam Warlock. Oh yeah, Warlock's coming. We'll call him Adam. I was all yes. So. um... You know, that was, it was just fun. It was a hell of a fucking ride. And the yes. soundtrack was fantastic, of course. Of course, because James Gunn's a freaking yeah, brilliant James, genius. James Gunn is is uh, just handy and crafty with the way he puts together his soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And, and also, uh, to kind of throw back to the stuff about Groot's dancing, you know you have the right person in charge when you watch the footage of James Gunn choreographing Groot's dance. Groot's dance, yeah. Doing it himself. Yep. And it's like... That dude loves life. <laughs> he does. And, uh, you know, it, it, I, I think the lighthearted approach to the music and the choreography and, and all this stuff, the, the hands-on, 
really shines through in the work. And uh, so that was my number five for And my number five also. So what was your number four? My number four is Wonder Woman. Really? Like I said, this is a hard freaking list, dude. Wow. I Trust me. I, you know me in the past when we've done mm-hmm. these things. Like originality and stuff like that is kind of key for me. Mm-hmm. When we get to that top of the list, you're going to know why. It's going to be coming from me, so... Uh, but Wonder Woman is such a damn good movie. I agree. Um, DC finally doing it right. And, uh, but also, too... Pat, I, Patty Jenkins. Yeah, that's exactly Patty what, Jenkins did it right. That's exactly what I was about to say. It, it, DC did it right by giving it to Patty Jenkins. Right. And I'll carve this on my arm. I'll say it to my death. Gal Gadot was the best I'm piece. in love with Gal Gadot. She was As much amazing. as my wife loves Henry Cavill, I'm so in love with Gal Gadot. And it's... It's not just Wonder Woman. It's because she really embodies who Wonder Woman is, even in her personal life. She's so committed. Well, like we talked about with pop culture moments. Yeah. Where she talked to that little girl yeah. and everything. Where she was just well, like, she's a mom. Yeah. And she knows. And you, you had know? your moment. Exactly. It was, I had my little moment. I, I've said it before in the podcast. I had my moment when she, she posted a, uh, a cartoon drawing of uh, Wonder Woman, classic Wonder Woman, in, um, and she was pregnant. And she was like, my my superhero or my superpower is creating life. What's yours? And I made a comment about being a dad who, uh, you know, who teaches his daughters to stand up for themselves and to to be as strong as they can and to dust themselves off, you know, and get back up when they get knocked down, that kind of thing. And you know, something along those lines. And I remember being out at dinner and there's, and there's a reply and it says, Gal Gadot replied to your comment. I was all fuck. What? And I, I involuntary just got yeah. <laughs> I pulled open the I pulled open the uh, the Facebook app and sure shit. She was like, "That's a great superpower to have." And I was like, I gushed immediately. I was like, "Thank you so much. I can't wait for Superman. I can't wait for Wonder Woman." I said, I just said Superman. Uh, I can't wait for fucking Wonder Woman. And I was so just impressed that she had taken a moment, you know, and, and that you know, which is, was something that was clearly a shout out you know to being a mom and the, the you know the super power that it takes i know it, people throw it away because it's like oh it's just a fucking basic thing of life it's not like you pass a human there, being through your body but i mean when, <laughs> when you're there for the for the process of it all and you get to like i've never seen my wife more focused and powerful than when she i was never more proud of her <clears throat> and this is a woman who's graduated nursing school, a very difficult nursing school, and has gone through some shit in her life. And I have never seen her more powerful, and I've never been more proud with her, more in love with her, than when she gave birth to our daughter. Like it was amazing to watch. And so it's it is a superpower. It is a super you know feat for for women to do that. And uh, you know, so watching Gal Gadot. Just embody who she is and really take the training seriously the and best, not listen to all the naysayers. The best example of that, too, mm-hmm. was the scene where they're in the foxholes. Yes. Oh, yeah. We're in the fucking trenches. Yeah. Yeah. We're in World War I trenches and they're... Everybody's like... No Man's not. Land. No Man's Land. Uh, for those of you who have seen the movie and they talk about No Man's Land, look it up at Christmas time. Um, there is There was a, a truce that happened between the British and the Germans on Christmas in that same area that she crossed uh, that was that happened on Christmas Day where they stopped fighting they exchanged gifts they allowed people to tend to their wounded it's one of the most compassionate things I've ever seen so in that moment I was like oh I know what 
I know this yeah. place they're talking about. Yeah. Like they literally haven't gained inches. You know, it's just millimeters of, of ground that they've been able to to cover because there's so much fi- you know fire laid down people getting killed all the time you know trying to cross that that territory and watching her take charge yeah yeah because oh i had such goosebumps where they're going like we're not no we're not doing this we're not going and she yeah. was like we need to get over there yeah we have to get we have to get to this you know we have to stop i mean for her it was stopping aries but yeah it was the saving of lives and things like that. Exactly. You know, the moment of seeing her to me, watching her come back to the village after they were doing the demonstration with the mustard gas. Yeah. And she came back to the village that she had just liberated from the sniper and the tanks, you know, and all that shit. Like she just liberated that village and they had celebrated and danced there. And it was this beautiful moment. And that same village was hit with mustard gas and she runs back into it. And that same look on her face and that same disgust and like, why? What is happening? Why? How can humanity do this? Why would people do this to one another? That same moment was the exact resonating feeling I had watching uh, Christopher Reeve do the super scream after Lois dies from being buried by the earthquake in 78 Superman. Yeah. Like, it's it's just a fucking great movie. Anyway, I'm I'm gushing too much. I'm sorry. Four. Uh, My four was Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And I'll, I, I will admit this, like, that should have been in my Thumb honorable mentions. Thumb in your fucking ass for oh, well, not putting it on there. Well, no, I knew, I, I was going to put it in my honorable mentions because, like I said, my list was so hard. Yeah. Because I loved a lot of movies this year. And Thor Ragnarok, it, oh, God, it was such a damn good movie. God damn it, dude. It, okay, start to finish that fucking movie was fantastic. Yeah. Freaking fun as All fun. I have to say is <laughs> the Loki play. Okay. Oh my fucking well, god, it was Matt Damon. That Loki play <laughs> was one of the great moments of the year in Entertainment Weekly. It, yeah, and it should have been. It should it absolutely deserved to be because And it was... Chris Hemsworth's brother yeah. was there too. Yes, yes. Oh, no, that's Chris right. Hemsworth was there. Le- Liam, Liam Hemsworth is Hemsworth. Yeah. Thor's brother. Chris Hemsworth life. is Thor. <laughs> Liam is the brother. But they all look alike. <laughs> seeing Matt Damon as fucking Loki, I lost my marbles. I lost my fucking marbles. How Loki was the savior and all. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. And then you had, uh, God damn it, why can't I think of his name right now? The big rock guy. Cronus? Uh, huh? It wasn't like Cronus or something? No, no. It was something short. It was... Uh, it starts with a K. Yeah, I think... It, Cord. 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 So, Cord. Fucking... <laughs> Hey, mate. How's it going? Yeah. Oh, my God. I think and Ryan Reynolds made a tweet about him saying what a goddamn national treasure he was. Like, we got to fucking perfectly. put him in a bubble. He was the best. Voiced by the director. Yes. And they and he talk, the director talked about it in an interview. I don't remember the dude's name <laughs> because it's some weird name. So, yeah. Because I think he's New Zealand. Uh, Australian, too. Yeah, he's... Uh, and they they said, like, they they tried different voices, but then that voice came. And they're like, we're going with this because you see this big imposing rock creature just talking like oh hey how's it going <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's um, play a little rock paper scissors Taika Waititi Taika Waititi yeah Taiki, ta- uh I, I think it's Taika uh, David Waititi you gave me crap about Negatarto earlier <laughs> right but he's uh, he's he's from New Zealand and Jesus man he, he was, was awesome he stole the damn he movie. was fantastic as court uh, I will say that uh, Tessa Thompson as um, Valkyrie oh, I loved her. her a lot oh, I God, thought I, she was fantastic I was crushing on her heart in that but, movie. <laughs> but I'll tell you right now uh, oh and by the way Kate Blanchett oh god yes oh my god 
Okay, so now if my theory holds true, she's the goddess of death. And she's the one Thanos is going to be. I think she's going to be the one that Thanos is like, hey, what's going on, lady? Since they don't actually have death. Let me take my crown off here. But I tell you what, dude. She was, when I saw her with her black hair, and I was all, fuck that. I had a thing for goth girls, and she was the epitome of goth girl. Um, There were moments in that movie, like, (laughs) fucking banner, Marco God. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll I show am. you who I am. And dives out and lands on the Bifrost and just fucking splats dead. <laughs> I fucking howled in that movie. Christine and I laughed so hard in that movie, and it was all because of Kevin Smith's suggestion. It turns out that they make it a lighthearted film yeah. because Thor Two: The Dark World was, was just a, so fucking heavy and weird, desolate. And, and yeah, it was so like, cut, but it was god. Damn, it was, and everything like that. It was so fucking funny, and I, I, I tell you, man, and and I can't say enough about Jeff Goldblum. Every time we kept calling him Mister Sparkles, we have a shot of him being in the next Guardians oh. because you know who he's related to, right? Well, he's to the Collector, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's so you got Benicio del Toro's character and and fucking Jeff Goldblum as, as you know the Grandmaster. <laughs> It's, well, there was that Easter egg too in Thor. Yeah, that the collector's uh, headquarters is yeah. seen in the planet. Um, it's just, it's so fucking funny to me. It is so fucking well, even funny to me. For Goldblum, the tag up <laughs> Goldblum, the stinger scene with him. Yeah, where he's like, so uh, oh, it's a tie. It's a tie. It's a tie. It sounds good. It, it takes two sides yeah. to have a revolution. You, you guys have the. You guys are revolting. I'm the one you're revolting against. So we just call this a tie. <laughs> it was the the whole movie was just so fucking funny, and yet it had such a. You know, Thor never looked more badass than when you know he's drawing down the lightning. Like, remind me what you're the god of again. Mm-hmm. Favorite for eyes scene. are lighting up and he's tearing like, shit around. Another great soundtrack too. <laughs> And then when they have to stop Hulk from fucking tearing up uh, um, Surtur, like after they call him down and they're like, no, 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 no. And he's jumping off to beat the shit out of Surtur. I was like, oh, this is too good. Well, another really funny moment to bring up too is like when the first initial battle is about to go down with Hulk and Thor. Yeah. And <laughs> the Loki, greatest line. <laughs> oh, Lo- Lo- no. Loki coming into the box, the, the private box. Oh, yeah. And realizing Hulk's there going like, oh, I, I, yeah, I, have to I gotta leave. get out of here. I gotta leave. <laughs> but, but but it was right after that when he grabbed Thor and slammed him around, and he's like, "Yes, how do you fucking like that?" <laughs> it was, and it harkened so all the way back to the fucking first Avengers film. Yes. And it was, you know, they're they're genius. They're, they're doing everything right over at Marvel, uh, yes. as, as Kevin Smith would say. They're doing the Lord's work over there. Uh, it just, so fucking true. <laughs> that movie was so fucking good. All the way through. I, I will. I honestly will say I'm ashamed that I don't have it on my list. But well, you know, like I said, God, this year was so tough. We all live in a world of regrets. Yeah. Uh, fuck yourself, sir. Yeah, fuck you. Mm-hmm. So, what's your number three? Last Jedi. Number three is your last. Jedi? Last Jedi is my you number shifted three. Shifted on me. Yes, I did. Oh. Well, right, I, th- right. this was my initial plan. <coughs> I was going to fuck with you mm-hmm. and be like, well, my number one is blah, 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 thinking that your number one was going to be Last Jedi. Right. But I still love The Last Jedi to death. I okay. love that damn movie. Uh, but when you see my top two and when I explain my top two, mm-hmm. it, it's going to fall more into where what I, okay. I was talking about with the originality and all that stuff. But <coughs> there, there is a hate and everything with Last Jedi. But mm. honestly... They can go fuck themselves because that's fair. Yeah, uh, Last Jedi was so damn good. 
Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, it was a perfect chase movie. It was a perfect second chapter. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's like, well, there's no resolution. Like, and because it's the second chapter, there's a third one coming, morons. Yeah. And just every performance, to me, was part of like, there's people online that, even like there was a, a official Star Wars like fan group on Facebook that posted a poll. Who's the worst character? Jar Jar or Rose? I fucking love Rose. Uh, She's not as bad as Jar Jar. No, no, yeah, no, there's no, no call. To, not by any stretch of imagination. I know that she the, did have a great line. She did have that, you know, like I know their storyline, her and Finn's storyline was basically filler, pointless filler. It it really did. I mean, I understand it. Was, it was just a very loose way of setting up shit for the next film. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, but. It was a really long, drawn-out process to get Finn in front of Phasma. Exactly. And that bothered me. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, I just... Like, I didn't hate the idea of Rose. I just felt she was... You could have been better. I felt like we kind of got force-fed her. You know, like, we okay, here's another character for you to like. You don't know why. You know, and I... You know, like... And I'm going to say this, and I hate to say this to you, Brad. Uh, Bradley Knoll, one of the guys you met, he posted a thing about why men fucking hated you know, Star Wars Last Jedi, blah, blah, blah. And one of it was all about fucking Rose, Tycho. And I just, I had, not, had nothing to do with any kind of how she looked, you know, because they're like, well, she's not your typical, you know, good looking heroine, this and no. that, and all that, you know, this it's like she was packaged differently and she's all this. I could give two yeah. fucking shits. I, I genuinely could give two shits. I just wasn't interested in her character at all. Yeah. You know, she was headstrong and all that, and hey, good for her. And, and also, I just didn't, I, I didn't connect with her character in any way, shape, or form because it felt like she was almost an afterthought to help push Finnell. this along. And yeah. then and then it became almost just like, you know, like, she talked about love, and then she kisses fucking Finn, and I'm like, what the, why? Yeah. What are well, you doing? Like, I'll say this, like, to me, <clears throat> they should have killed Finn. That was, as he came in... Mm, uh, well, uh, go ahead, yeah. man. I'm going to give you a counterpoint to that. Yeah. As he came into Force Awakens mm-hmm. as a stormtrooper... Sure. ...and everything, realizing, oh, God, what's going on here and everything. Have him go out like that to be able to take out that battering ram, knowing, storyline-wise, the battering ram had to work. There was no reason to take it out. I, know, I understand that. So this is falling under the line of me talking about Carrie Fisher not being killed off and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. This is just in my own deluded little mind. Sure. Kill him there because as he came in to Force Awakens as a villain, but with a conscience and turning to the light side, mm-hmm. to have him go out the hero's path would have been a proper death. So here's where I'm going to counterpoint you with that, okay? What was Poe's big lesson that he needed to learn? Calm the fuck down. That you don't sacrifice a shitload people, yeah. of people for one small victory. Yeah. Even though the dreadnought wasn't a small victory, it was a big victory. It was small in the grand scale of things. Let me remind you about my little, little mind. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I think in a big picture role, and I immediately knew that they could have achieved the same thing without Rose, yeah. but with Poe like slamming into him and forcing him to back off going, uh-uh. Continue that romance. No. Like, no, 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 not even, not, not even, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, sure, a little bit. But him coming full circle and and realizing, realizing the teachings of Leia, actually, I Leia totally Organa agree with you there, and saying, "No, we need to, and, we need to keep. We, there's so few of us. We need to keep our good fighters and, and things like that." You look at the way Poe <laughs> was during the ending of that movie yeah. too. They could have easily done what they did with Finn at the end of Force Awakens: right. have him laid up, 
Well, Poe kind of, you know, like Poe kind of came around. Yeah. But I think it would have made a, a bigger statement had they done it like that. Yeah. There's only a minute few things that I would have changed. Um, the, you know, the fact that they went after a master codebreaker and didn't get that guy, but got Benicio Del Toro's DJ character. Yeah. And he sold him out and it was a very convoluted kind of thing. Well, that, that whole storyline. I personally, and I, and I've, I've said, I think I've said this to you before, but I said this in, uh, uh, when I was commenting on the live feed for, uh, Pastrami Nation's podcast. Yeah. How much cooler would it have been if Poe, who was Leia's right hand fucking pilot guy, like her commander right there. If instead of contacting Maz, you know, like, oh, I have somebody that can, that knows, Helps and out, he pulls yeah. up Maz, who, how the fuck did that come about? As they far wanted as, to get yeah. Maz in there. That was honestly it. But what would have, wouldn't, wouldn't it have been so much better is if he was like, wait a minute, I know somebody who can help us out. And he punched up, and on the other end of that line was Lando. Oh, God, that'd have been perfect. Right? And he was like, yep, yeah, anything for Leia. Whatever I can do for Leia. Oh, that would have been, that'd been awesome. See? Tenfold. I, hire me now. Yeah. Um, it would have been a great way to bring Billy. As much Williams. as I would have loved to see Maz in the movie, they could have brought Maz in somewhere. Even just for a short nod, he would have been like, "Yeah, you're gonna go to yeah, you no. know, especially you, after Han Canto bite, you're gonna find this guy, you're gonna look him up, he, you know." After Han took it out in Force Awakens, yeah. him just going like, "No, anything for like, <clears throat> like I was so sorry to hear about Han. Yeah, let's you know, let's do this go. for Han, right? Yeah, no, I totally agree. It would on have that. been fantastic. So, you know? and I it would have made sense because Poe was. Was you know Leia's number one yeah. pilot, like her number one guy, you know, and and so I know um, we're going to talk more in a yeah, future yeah, episode yeah. about Star Wars. So. Absolutely. So and I'll, I don't I'll know, maybe if we may be talking about it more on your list. Uh, yes. Okay, but, but, but not quite three? yet. Not quite yet. Uh, my number three was Logan. Nice. Um, what a great way to end that series with oh. a an amazing rated R film that didn't feel like it was a forced rated R film at all. Well, it's like... Um, it embodied the character, you know. Uh, there's moments where I openly cried in the film. I didn't really hit my tear, like, where I was just bawling, until the the daddy. Uh, I was like, yeah. you son of a bitch, at the and end. And when she tilted the cross. Yeah, when she tilted the cross to make it an X. I was like, oh, god you, damn it. This is Pixar-level... Oh, it was so good. It was just so fucking good. And uh yeah, you know, it was you know, he he had he'd come to his he'd come to his end, he'd come yeah. to his run, you know, and it was you know, great to see the new mutants, you know, kind of walk off and things like that. And when when Charles dies, you know, it's just just oh, gut wrenching. Knowing that he had Dementia, and you know, or he was starting to have Alzheimer's and things like that, where he couldn't control things. And Logan didn't want to do anything but get a boat, so they could go out in the middle of nowhere, and he could be with him to the end. Yeah, you know. And uh, oh god, that moment at the the farmhouse is one of my favorites. You know, when they're having dinner around the dinner table, and and you know, it's him and it's Laura and it's you know, it's it's family. Fuck, it just was beautiful, and. it was, it was everything, everything that I hoped it would be and, and more, you know, and I know people watch it in like the black and white version of it and all this. I don't think it needs to be noir and all that. If they would have done a little bit more to make it more noir-y, <coughs> the black and white cut would have worked, but. Yeah, I see. I just, I didn't watch it. I just watched it in the full color and, and it, it still resonated well with No, me. yeah, no. Um, I'll hold my thoughts on Logan for right. two more moments. 
Oh. <laughs> All right. A little red herring there for you. So then should I jump in with my number two? Or do you want to go with your number two? I'll go with my number two. Okay. My number two was it. I didn't get to see it. I will let you borrow it. Okay. Along with all the other movies. Uh, I heard that uh, Finn Wolfhard is the absolute best thing in that fucking movie. The kid from uh, Stranger Things. Yes, Stranger Things. The the cast of kids were chosen to precision perfectly. Every kid fit the role perfectly, were chosen perfectly. The kid from Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. The mouth on that freaking kid. (laughs) I'm telling you, you get the best name in Hollywood. Yeah. Finn Wolfhard. Oh yeah, the, the the kid, he's he is no he's going to hit his he's <laughs> he, going to hit his late teens and he's going to disappear. Yeah, and we're going to see him come back as a fucking superhero. Oh yeah, because that's a superhero name. Exactly, and oh, then it's just amazing. And then uh, Sarsgaard, Bill Sarsgaard, as as Pennywise, Pennywise brilliant casting because yeah. one like one thing he can smile like that. That's not CG. That creepy ass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. smile. Yeah, they stretch that, it out a little and no. later on. I heard. Well, but, uh, like for the when his mouth gets kind of ripped apart. Yeah, but that crazy grin. Yeah, oh, yeah. His, and then his how face. his eye kind of goes one way or another. That's all him. Huh. And they chose every everything was chosen perfectly for it. And this one was kind of a weird one when they first announced it because it's a remake. Right, and everybody, you know, look when you, when you're pinning it, when one of your your greatest horror icons is Pennywise as portrayed. By the by Tim legendary Curry. Tim Curry. Uh, who, you know, took it a little different. Well, you know, yeah, took it a little different, but, well, but it did just the a time frame for it. It was... Hiya, Georgie. 90s, oh, early 90s, late 80s. Yeah. TV movie, so budgets weren't where they could make no, it. No, this they, blown out makeup. But right. also, too, they knew Tim Curry under that makeup and everything, with that voice and everything, yeah. would make Pennywise creepy as hell. Terrifying. And, and then, he was. And then you see that they're doing a remake, and it's like, okay, the, oh, dude, it's given I, they can't get Tim, so what What are they going to do? And yeah. what they get is fucking nuts. The uh, I'll tell you what, what really, and not seeing the film, what really got me was as they started releasing more and more of the trailers, and there's that scene where the balloons just kind of move, oh, God. and you start to see Pennywise, and then it fucking changes, and you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Hey, we all float down here. Yeah. You know, like, uh. And the way it's revealed in there, the whole will float down here. Yeah. Is amazing. Of why they float. Yeah. And um, I cannot wait for the sequel. I can't wait for chapter oh, two. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fantastic. Um, I can't wait to see who they cast because there are some pretty for the adults, big, yeah. There's big names that want in. Well, of course they do. Of Jessica course Chastain do. wants Barb. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she can have whatever she wants. Yeah. I would um, love to see Jason Ritter in some role. Absolutely, since his dad was in the first, yeah. you know, the TV and also show. too Seth Green. Yeah, it'd be amazing to see Seth Green I go think full so circle. And like in the world of remakes and everything, there's there's Evil Dead, where yeah. everybody's like, okay, this was good, this was good, and then there's Starsky and Hutch, yeah. the one we like to beat the crap out of. Mm-hmm. It just raised the bar. It to quote two of our favorite wrestlers, mm-hmm. it became the bar. When it came to remakes. Nice. To me, that's the way they need to strive for remakes. If they have to do a remake, do it fucking well, right. Well, you know, like, here's here's the thing. I think I think if you take, a, a, first of all, a certain amount of time, and you try to stay true to the, the nature of the film without trying to copy, 
what came before, yeah, then you're on the right track. You know, um, De Niro and Nolte in, in Cape Fear. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. I love Nolte even better. And I mean, I, I, I love uh, um, Robert De Niro in the remake of Cape Fear. Oh, yeah. Uh, even fucking better than the original. Um, totally know, I, thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. You know, it's just one of those things where you have to, you have to just be true to the nature of the story. You know, when I first heard that they were doing it on TV, I was like, uh, what? Yeah, I think pull this one off. Yeah, because it was described as, you know, when he showed his true form, a creature that was so terrifying that you would go insane by laying eyes on him. Like, how do you translate that into it? You know, but I'm looking forward to seeing the, the, the remake of it, and I'll, I'll gladly accept that from you. Yeah, well, I, I bought the original, too, so if you want to do a double feature. Awesome. Yeah. Double dipping, that's yeah, fucking yeah. cool. It was, it was strange, like, when they announced it and it came out to theaters and everything, why don't I have that DVD? And it took me a while, and I finally righted that wrong. Nice. So, anyways, uh, that, that was my number two. Okay. It, a creepy clown-ass movie. Well, it was not my number two. Because you haven't seen it. Right. Uh... <laughs> But soon. <laughs> Star Wars The Last Jedi was my number two. Nice. Um, so that's the reason you were like, three? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Um, it was, for me as a Star Wars fan, uh, amazing. Um, start to finish, I loved nearly everything about it. I'll say 95% of the movie, 90-95% of the movie, loved every minute of it. And... Um, you know, the, the, there's only a few exceptions to things. I, I know there are little bits that were to set up, you know, future endeavors and things yeah. like that. I think it's just, uh, unfortunately, know. there are certain ones we won't get probably since uh, Carrie's passing. Right. Um, Especially I, that float back to the ship. Again, I think the only, yeah, which everybody, you know, the Mary Poppins moment, they call it. Yeah. Uh, which I'm like, fuck you guys. Um, there was this really cool meme. I'm not going to go into really big detail. It is split a split screen of Last Jedi stuff compared to Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And literally point out different things. Going like, you get pissed off in Last Jedi when they do this. But now when you they do fall this. in love with it when they do it in Guardians right, of the Galaxy. Right. Uh, and there's one Mary more meme fucking, I'll talk about at the end. Yeah. Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... You know, there's there's so many moments in that. Um, Luke's journey, the reveal of Yoda. Oh, God. Uh, lost my marbles. Oh, this... When you went and saw uh-huh. Last Jedi, it was my second time seeing it. Yeah, and I was supposed to go, but we had sick baby, and so... I Christina out. was supposed to go. <laughs> yeah, and so I was like, hey, I'm going to go again right now. Do you want to go? Yes! And you Before you even finished it. <laughs> sped to the fucking theater. And because, like, especially for the Yoda scene... Like I totally went peripheral on it. Like I was keeping an eye on the screen, but yeah. I didn't. I did not want to show my hand. Yeah, because I wanted to see your honest reaction. Yeah, seeing a grown man cover his mouth like he's freaking ten years yeah. old. Yeah, it took me back, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Because it was so cool. It was so subtle yeah. how he just kind of waddled in there. Yeah, and then, and then immediately started talking, and I was like, "Oh Jesus, that's awesome!" And uh, Luke's journey, like you were talking about. <laughs> There was good God, that was so cool. There was aspects of his stuff that I I would have changed a little bit. You know, I I know Mark Hamill's take on it, and I I agree with a lot of what he said uh, because it it was difficult to watch our hero take that journey. Yeah. Um, but I think the way it ended redeemed that for me a bit. Uh, the only thing I really thought was campy was the 
you know, well, you know, I'll, look, I'll, I'll just, I'll get into greater detail because I, I think we're going to have another episode where we talk about stuff. I think so, but and uh, you uh, know, the I'll director it, just but... made a good comment about it in what Entertainment Weekly, talking about the the end scene with Luke. Sure. Um, everybody's like, so is Luke really dead? And this was, I, I have a feeling it was Ryan Johnson just really just screwing with the people that want to give him grief. Yeah. It's like, well, you didn't see a metal hand fall, did you? They, so that's weird. Yeah. That is weird. I think it's more of the director going like, yeah. oh, I just want to screw with your hands a little yeah, bit more. It just twist you a little bit there, you know. Yeah, but, it's, it's interesting. But it, when, you know, it, that whole sequence and just seeing the hate out of, look, I, I know a lot of people bitched about not getting Snoke's backstory and things like that. And, that was, and there's, I lo- I, we're, supposed to, we're supposed to get it in a story or a comic or something I like don't that. Care. that was, I, I, well, I do. I want to know who the fuck Snoke is and how he came to rise to power and all that stuff. But, but it was, to me, Snoke was you know, the, just Kylo's pawn. People were like, Oh, he's so powerful, but you know, he, Kylo was able to turn the lightsaber, you know, towards him and because and, he's freaking Kylo and, and, and do, you know, do what he did. And I'm all, didn't that literally happen to Darth Maul? Like he couldn't anticipate that, that that uh, Obi Wan was gonna flip over the fucking top of him and then cut him in half. Yeah, like you know, one of their moments like, and, and wait a minute, didn't didn't that same shit happen to the Emperor when he couldn't foresee that Vader <laughs> was gonna pick him up and throw him down the butthole of the fucking Death Star? Like that's just, I know it's reactor core, but it's so much more fun to say the butthole, yeah. uh, the laser butthole. There you go. Well, well, there's the sand vagina in the desert, <laughs> right? Uh, Boba Fett, the bitch of the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, and fuck you, anybody that says any different, you're fucking dumb. He, he yeah, was yeah. killed by a blind man with a stick. You're fucking dumb. Um, Perfect way to put it. <laughs> so, but you know, like it, it was watching him and Ray fight back to back. Oh, yeah. For that moment, that was the scene. For that mm-hmm. moment, was like, oh Jesus, yeah. Oh, these Praetorians are getting what happened. Fucking, to Snow didn't uh, even matter, right? And watching, you know, watching what happened, and then you know, and all that stuff. It was, it was just, it was cool. Yeah. And so, and then seeing when Luke comes walking out, and he's like, concentrate all fucking fire on that man right now. And he's like fire, and he's like more, <laughs> more. Yeah, he's just around. descending. Yeah. into that darkness. Oh, you know. And, but then also too, when that the shots dissipated, and he, yeah, Luke Luke's fucking just like, brushes his shoulder off. Oh, and then my favorite line. I know, like we said, we're going to be doing a longer yeah. episode on this when Kylo just goes on this rant, and then Luke's like, "Interesting how every single word you just said was, yeah. was wrong." Uh, the one, the one scene between he and Carrie Fisher oh, when he hands her the fucking dice. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh. and then he says, nobody's ever really gone. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Like that's a double entendre. He's talking about Han, but he's also talking about Carrie sort of, oh, uh, that, that fucking uh, hurt. for me to and this little part for myself yeah. and just talking about the memes again too, so, with all the fans are like, this shouldn't be in canon, blah, 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 blah. There's one meme that I fucking loved. I was going to steal it, but I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? You deserve this credit, dude. Yeah. It was a picture of Carrie mm-hmm. and just a note saying, like, to everybody that wants this movie out of the canon, how dare you? Because this is our last one with Carrie. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. 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 Absolutely. This is Carrie Fisher's last performance. Well, like I said, we'll we'll get into greater detail in, in a future endeavor. But this, uh, <clears throat> but last the last Jedi was my number two film of the year. It's a good choice, man. Yeah. Uh, my number one, I alluded to a couple moments ago, mm-hmm. is Logan. Okay. And thinking about it and, like, thinking about going, like, should I go Last Jedi? Should I? And, like, how I said, like, for me, like, when it's a truly original movie comes out where it's like, oh, God, they did everything perfect here. Yeah. And that was Logan. It, it, yes, it's a comic book adaptation, but it's the end of a series with 
uh, he, with the Wolverine trilogy as it stands right now. Right. And for Jackman. Yeah. And also, too, with the first two, the uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine and the Wolverine, there was so much people going like, well, this is so blown out, blah, 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 just giving so much grief. And then the director and everybody was just like, okay, we won't blow this out. We're going to make this freaking bare bones, gritty, just we're going to make everybody eat their words. And it was perfect. It was. And, and we talked about it in the past, and I'll talk, say it right now. Like As soon as I read Old Man Logan, the actual uh, graphic novel and everything, I was like, I'd kill to see this as a movie, but I know this could never happen. Well, then, they, we didn't know at the time. Well, they couldn't go full-blown no. Old Man Logan from the book because right. there's too many uh, loose ends that couldn't be happening. Like the initial death of the X-Men in Logan was due to Charles Xavier. Yeah. The Connecticut incident. Yeah. yeah. In the book, it's Logan. Wolverine. Because Logan. Of- Mysterio. Mysterio screwing with his head and makes him kill everybody. Makes and him it, think everybody's uh, attacking. Yeah. And it, everything was just... <clears throat> and how he swears to never pop his claws again. And yeah. And just, aspect, and, yeah. and just the opening scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. You are just you just know what you're in for because he's just drunk in the back yeah. of his limo and he takes out a bunch of people trying to steal his hubcaps. Watching him having to pull one of his claws out yeah. by hand because it was taking... You know, like, just was... You know, to think that the adamantium poisoned his body. Yeah. You know, it was like, holy shit. And then uh, we were talking about, you were talking about a little bit about it being R-rated. Yeah. And I was about to say it, but then it was like, you know what, I'm going to hold this thought for this round because it was about the time Deadpool released and was huge. And then we talked about, oh God, everything's going to be R-rated now. Yeah. And luckily with this one, it was right. (laughs) It's funny now. In, in hindsight, with the the purchase of Fox, yeah, from Disney uh, or by Disney, uh, everybody was concerned that now it wasn't going to be R rated anymore. But Disney, no, Disney they knows did, what to do. They chose to leave it alone. Well, they, they you know, like I said, they they just back trucks of money up to Marvel and Pixar and these people and say, do what you do. But like like we were saying though, like it, it would have been easy for any comic book movie to go, oh, we're going to go R rated. And, but Logan was the first one to really say, yeah, we're going to be going R-rated. And we're right. like, oh, God, what are they doing here? And then it was perfect. Like, right now, we're anticipating an R-rated Star Trek. Well, and let's not let's let's not skirt that issue. Fuck. We're Tarantino. talking about a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek. And this is coming from a hardcore Tarantino sure. fan. That is a cop-out for Tarantino. Okay. Because it shows, one, the Star Trek franchise is like, we're going to go R-rated. Why? Well, it's, here's and, it, and this is the only reason I defend this. Yeah, the Star Trek has always pushed the envelope. Well, yeah, but it doesn't mean that it was our first interracial kiss between them. Yeah, it was a kiss. You know, but but that was that was fucking huge. Yes, no, no, I'm not discrediting that. Was that. And the catchphrase to boldly go where no one has gone before. Now, yes, granted, it's dirty. granted. Granted, no, no, I don't think we're going to see. Don't, I don't I'm think not. we're going to see boobs. I don't think we're going to see stuff like you know, like things like that. But I think we're going to see a level of, they're, like, they're not just going to say, "Hey, make Pulp Fiction in space." It, that's what it's seeming like. That's it, sure, and, and uh, you're probably there. But it's going to be dialogue between characters, and Tarantino is a, a damn genius at writing dialogue and this between is, characters. Like, like I was saying, this is coming from a Tarantino right. Fan. I think it's a cop out for him to not be able to go. You know what? I can step back and challenge myself to a PG thirteen movie or a PG movie. So who's saying that he didn't 
Maybe he did, but they were like, you know what? Then that that's a bullshit on both sides. Uh, here's here's what I think though. Okay, Bones. Yeah. Bones has always been like, damn it, man, damn it, man, damn it, man. I think there's a relationship between them and and with and with the way Kirk is and things like that in moments where he's like, fuck, like fucking fuck. So are we going to get that? Uh, maybe. Maybe get, we'll maybe we'll get moments like. Is that, that going to be the R-rated thing? We're going to get three fucks from Bones. Uh, possibly. Who knows? And that's going to be it. it. It also may be that we'll see uh, a little more of the. Oh, I've been shot by a phaser and I'm dying, and you don't really see like there's a scorch mark on my thing, and it, we're like, going to see intestines spill it out. Well, it may be a little more uh, graphic. Uh, you know than what we're than what we're used to. Okay, to kind of push that sure. to the side. I, I, let's just hope I'm I go Jumanji with this one. Well, just remember, there's a lot of things that we were worried about being wrong and ended up being a lot. Yeah, right. but it, to me, it's just that's fair. It, it's and that's, just that's it's a legit concern. I'm just more of a. Oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm the in this instance, you're the Ralph Garman, I'm the Kevin Smith. Yeah. Like, nah, let's see what they do. But it's not even like I'm not even a big Star Trek fan. Yeah. So uh, I haven't really even seen the last two. Uh, oh, uh, you're missing out, man. Those, those no, they're good, good. movies. They're I'm really, not knocking really that. No, I'm just saying. It's just not something really... I'm like, oh, I got to see it. Right. Uh, when J.J. Abrams took over. Oh, the yeah. first no. one, I fucking lost my shit. Yeah. So but, um, but, but back to Logan. Uh, <laughs> just every aspect of Logan was just perfect. Like I, we were talking about the sure. noir stuff. It would fit as a noir film. Sure. I think their edit for it. Could have took a little bit more touches to it, like give it some grain, give it like some old logos and stuff to sure. give it that feel. But just dialogue, the way to wrap it up and everything. And we've talked about this in the past, like who's going to take over for Jackman and everything. And it's like to me, it doesn't matter because no matter what happens, Logan Wolverine has their ending with that movie. Yes, that run it of, is the perfect end for a character. You know, and it, it it's funny how people quickly get so like up in arms and this and that and blah blah blah. But you have to understand now that Fox has has been sold to Disney. Uh, I mean, we may see Hugh Jackman another time as this Wolverine. would be the best possible time. Uh, you know, it, it it's very very possible that we'll see that. Um, we may see uh, Patrick Stewart again as Xavier. The the original, I see. I hope not. I hope they stick with uh, James McAvoy, well, because his at the end of Apocalypse. Oh fuck! Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, oh, I was so excited. Like the one time I, I want to see Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. back as Xavier mm-hmm. is if what they have said is true, like what we talked about in the past. Like if they were if they're allowed to do Deadpool. Yes, uh, it would. Be, <laughs> it would be pretty funny. Yeah, um, I think even McAvoy would be like, yeah, we'll both go in there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but I mean, because they made the joke in the first one too. Yeah. Um, but you know, like it, it, Logan was Logan was just one of those. It was one of those films that that didn't need a lot of superhero fluff and no. stuff. It was just well, the first trailer alone with hurt. It, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like holy hell. Um, this ain't our normal X Men movie. It wasn't a normal X Men movie. There wasn't a whole lot of superpower involved in anything. I mean, yes, his. His fighting ability was there, and the claws come out, and we get to see the kids do some of their stuff and things like that. But for the most part, it was a genuine man on the run who's broken and modern now Western. reminded that he has to fight for. A, yeah, yeah, it was a modern Western, is what it was. It was a, it was a future Western, and 
it was it was just a beautiful movie all the way through. You know, it, yeah. it left me with a feeling kind of like Three Ten to Yuma did. Yes. You know, oh, God, yeah. and it was God, oh so fucking good. There's another one, there, another remake that I thought was yeah, better than the original. Yuma's amazing. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, Logan. I totally understand why that was your number one. Yeah. Uh, my number one is also another superhero film, and that's why I looked at you like you're a fucking madman when she was so far on the list. Uh, Captain Underpants. No, damn <laughs> you. Uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Was the superhero <laughs> movie that put Marvel in check. Totally agree. And the reason I say it put them in check is because even with a fleet of fucking films, nobody got that character more right. No, I totally <laughs> agree. Gal Gadot. I, my list it, it, she, it's very loose on where the numbers are at, to be she, perfectly honest. Well, see, like for me, Logan and, and uh, Star Wars were really close to one another. Yeah. Really close to one another. I had to rely on something because Star Wars is a bigger franchise to me. Not, not in the money sense, but just in my life. Uh, but Wonder Woman, oh, Patty Jenkins, and and they, you know, I remember Gal Gadot saying in an interview, and I believe it was on Jimmy Kimmel, or she had said in a tweet or something that they didn't want to set out to make a, a a female-led superhero movie. They just wanted to make a really good superhero movie, and they fucking did, and they did. But they reminded people why she's important. They reminded me why Wonder Woman was important, and it translated into JLA when he made the comment when Bruce said to her you have all these amazing things that you can do. And why am I only hearing of you because of Lex? Like, why am I only hearing of, of this now? Yeah. You know, and, you know, and then seeing her kind of come to the light and all that stuff, you know, you, you know, he showed you one picture of your dead boyfriend and you come fucking flying out of the woodworks. Um, but that movie was, there, there was, to me, there was, there was nothing better than seeing Chris Pine, trying to guide her through the mad world of man as it stood today you know and you know in 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 world war one I, I should say and uh you know and yes she knew she had this mission to defeat Ares, but then realizing that people still do fucked up shit like yeah. it's you know and, and it's a broken world and you know like i said there's there's moments in there where i'm just like oh god like it just hit me so hard watching it and it it was beautiful and she you know even even in the outfit that is so classically defined by wonder woman the the you know the short skirt the you Red know top. bustier sort of thing and and all of that all she was so elegant and so powerful and everything was so functional for who she was and where she came from and what her mission was, you know, and, 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 and then right there where you just said where she came from and everything, that whole oh, sequence of, yeah, um, dude, Thermoscura, right? Ra- yeah. Thermoscura. Okay. I was like, say the name, right. Say the name, right. Robin Wright. God. I mean, oh, she was, you know, and, and Hippolyta and, oh, dude, it was, it was so fun to watch this movie and it, it just resonated. I, I, I was so proud, you know, because I was like, girls, you know, I wanted, I wanted my kids to see this immediately and be like, look at this, look at this, you know, not just because she's a strong woman, but look at the hope she inspires. Look at the, you know, when, when she turns to, God damn it, I can't think of the Scotsman's name. 
I don't. When she turns to him and says, "But who will sing for us?" Huh. Oh, you fucker! Like I, I will was sing like, to you oh. every freaking day, lady. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> she's like, I, I really don't have a place in all this, and he's like, "But who?" She says, "But who will sing for us?" And they're like, "Oh, you did it now." Oh, yeah. He starts. He breaks out the song, and I'm like. Oh, dude, it was just. It was I don't so, like my own voice. I'd sing there every day. If she inspired him, to me. and he was so shell shocked, and he he was so shell shocked, and and you know like he couldn't couldn't take the shot that he needed to take, and she she did it for him. She took him out, you know, took out the sniper for him, and all that stuff. He just couldn't do it, and then she inspired him to fight on, and it was the movie was just everything. It's the reason why DC superheroes are. I'm not going to say better, but they're brighter and they inspire more. Yeah. The the only one that I know for sure that that treads that those two realms is Spider-Man for me. Oh yeah. Uh, he just always has. You know. Yeah. Yes, Marvel has more real issues and things like that, but Spider-Man and uh, Captain America. Yeah. Are the two beacons? You know there. But, but I totally agree that, and that's what DC needs to realize. That right. That's their world. That's what they need to where as a badge of honor and it's, Wonder Woman was that movie to do it it's like Giovanni said about the JLA you know we, I, we, we finally saw a Superman in a blue costume yeah in a bl- bright blue red and yellow costume you know and it, and that's because of Wonder Woman and you know every time that she was on in this bleak world she was just a beacon of light and it was I was it was my favorite thing to watch this year. I totally agree with you. Like I said, my numbers were loosely based because I loved every damn movie. Yeah, it was a, there was a lot, and there's yeah. you know there's there's things I would you know like to mention if I'm going to give my my uh, honorable mentions just straight out to pop culture in general and and everything that happened this year. Fox being bought by Disney. Yeah, we're going to have a full length episode the, on that. The top of the list, uh, the, the potential that's that's laid out there is is right the there. Avengers trailer. Yes, the Avengers trailer was holy shit. You know, yeah. like I can't wait to see that. You know, we there's there's so much in in 2017 that you know deserves to be talked about, but this was what we wanted to condense yeah. into our pop culture you know reveal. And we we thank you for hanging with us through the. Uh, through memorial and and this long drawn out uh, thing that we did. Damn, that was a good episode. I agree. Yeah. Um, but and then we, again, I love the sound of my own voice. So. Yeah, and we're not trying to be vague at all. Like we may have pre-recorded this part before we actually got to the body of the episode to avoid any more emotional <laughs> catharsis at the end of the episode. Dodging the emotional <laughs> bullet, as it were. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Let's get into the body of it so we can dodge the uh, tissues. Yes, exactly. I, <laughs> see, this is this is the problem with. You know, like <laughs> poor Ralph Garman and, and Kevin Smith doing uh, Hollywood Babylon Live, yeah. having to, uh, you know, do his outpouring for Adam, Adam West. West. But then go, we got to do the show <laughs> like, now. We got to go right on with the show. And you're the one that wants to do Facebook Live now. Uh, you know what? I absolutely do. But uh, you know what? Uh, you had told me that, uh, you know, since we're going to close this out properly. Yeah. Uh, you told me that. Uh, well, before we get to that part. Sure. I, I want to uh, put something out to our listeners. Okay. Not like we don't talk to you directly all the time. Right. But, um... And thank you, all four of you. We yes, exactly. Um, as we talked about at the beginning of the episode, uh, with the passing of uh, Egan and everything, and the, there was that time gap where, like, we kind of lost touch, and unfortunately, he was added to that list of yeah. not being able to get on nowhere, because right, I would have killed right. to have him sit behind the mic and just bullshit with me for several hours. Sure. Because it, half of it would have been like, Dude, you barely talked in high school. What are you doing <laughs> I know. with yourself? What is happening here? But um, 
the main reason I even started this was to get back into journalism because, well, unlike right now where journalism is finally getting that resurgence where it needs to be where their sights are set on the important topics. Sure. Back before all this, journalism sucked. And I wanted to get back into it and do it with my own control. Sure. And you wanted to do you know, what you're passionate about. Yeah. Sure. And and ever since I started, Egan was always one of the people, when we really started expanding and everything, I really would want him just, because like I said, it would have been us just sitting there for hours, yeah. probably just bullshitting about everything, but hitting those important topics too. So like I said, I'm going to direct this to the listeners. If there is any memory of any teacher in your mind right now that, stands out as a positive even if the teacher was a ball buster the entire time but now you look at it like oh, yeah they give you you know they, you, they reinforce your drive or your yeah. focus or something like that yeah do not hesitate if they're still in your area or you can contact them contact them say thank you send them a starbucks card yeah do, anything but don't don't fall into a regret that you're going to not be able to fix right little bottles of uh, alcohol are also welcome yeah. they are teachers after all yeah you may have to they had to put up with little shits like you yeah you may have to deliver it a certain way like yeah yeah i'm gonna paraphrase mario from glove and boots their uh, school survival guide imagine you're an adult that goes downstairs to a room of 30 snot-nosed kids every day <laughs> every single day they do this on their own free will yeah and also too they do it well, unfortunately now, out of their own pocket. A lot of them, yeah. So, like I said, if there's a teacher that still stands out in your mind, track them down, thank them. Yeah, give them a handshake, you know, yeah. something. Just tell them, tell them thank you. Or yeah. even when you come across any teacher, if they seem like a good teacher and everything, thank them. Or if you were that asshole in school, <laughs> say sorry. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but enough of that. We're going to wrap up this episode uh, we've done it, this kind of thing in the past, and yeah, you when, told me uh, you told me Egan was a big Dylan fan. Yeah, he's a big Dylan fan, which earned my respect right and off. And he exposed me to a lot of great music and a lot of different. Glad you finished things. that with music. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Been like, whoa, this is going to therapy really fast. <laughs> but um, he was the one that he was the one that got me to listen to Frank Zappa for the first time. All right, and like we talked about a couple moments ago. I was kind of a sheltered dude in high school at first. Sure. I mean, you're Mormon after Yeah. All. So you can only imagine my mind after listening to a whole Frank Zappa album. Yeah, that'll fucking sizzle you. That's like yeah. listening to the Stooges or, you know, the Kinks or something like that. And honestly, that, that <laughs> Egan is right there opened yeah. the door to music for me. Right. Where I started to go into punk. Well. Go into the different bands of. It makes sense that a you know a teacher who teaches journalism and stuff like that yeah. understands the importance and the messages that music and and media and pop culture, which is what we do, um, you know, resonates in into you know the the world as far as uh, you know giving giving some of the um, giving the, the little guy a voice, you yeah, know, is what it does. Exactly. Even if they are are big celebrities and things like that, it, it gives people a voice or it gives them some inspiration. And I tell you what, man. Uh, Frank Zappa, uh, especially fucking Bob Dylan, the Bob voice Dylan, of an Neil entire Young, generation. Yeah. Neil Young, even I can't stand the fucker. Yeah, uh, but still, damn but, good you know, music. Bob, Bob Bob Dylan. Like I've been listening to Bob Dylan on loop the past couple days. I don't blame you. Yeah, and to close out this episode of Nowhere California, first we're gonna raise our glass. Yes, we are. Here we are. To Michael Egan. Thank you, sir. Thank you for everything. I'm gonna miss you, and thank you. Journey well, my friend. 
And here's one for you, man. May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. May you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rung and may you stay. 